and we're live hello good morning we were talking about emily's cat pee <laughs> i don't have any <laughs> no yeah emily like apostrophe s possessive emily's cats pee yeah not emily's cat pee yeah because emily doesn't have cat pee yeah as far as i know no i don't i don't collect cat pee you should i'm sensing i'm sensing an opportunity (laughs) i'm sensing entrepreneurship opportunity for growth um it is super fucking early it's really not it's not it's noon (laughs) (laughs) again (laughs) hello So, my partner bought a pop cap that was $140. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> to start the podcast good. strong. Okay. Yeah. They came home yesterday, and they buy me stuff sometimes, and it's cute, because it's like they think I'm going to like it, so they got me stuff. So, they got me Office Funko Pops, and I was like, oh, that's so nice. I'm trying to collect all the Office Funkos. It was then Lux realized that conveniently I don't own a Jim or a Michael, and yet, I'm collecting all the Office Funkos. Anyway. <laughs> they were like, I I spent a lot of money. And I, like, looked around. I was like, you have, like, two keychains. What do you mean you spent a lot of money? <laughs> and they were like, this pop cap was really expensive. <laughs> and I was like, how expensive? In my brain, I'm like, $30 is the most I've ever spent on a, po- <laughs> on a Funko Pop that I thought was expensive. I was like, it's okay, like, Shinzo was, like, $30, but he's gone up in value since I've bought him, so it justifies it, ah, ha, 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 and Lux is like, no, it was way more than that, <laughs> oh, and no. I was like, where did you go, and they were like, second in Charles, and then they hit me with the, he was behind the glass, oh, yeah, no, and I was, cost like, you an arm, I was like, Lux, what did you do, <laughs> I was like, is it more or less than $100, and Lux was like, I'm not gonna tell you, <laughs> so you know it's more (laughs) yeah and was like lux what what have you done and lux was like they it's vaulted they don't make this one anymore it has a fall 2019 comic-con exclusive sticker like and i was like lux what did you do (laughs) thinking you're gonna have to like sell the house no yeah it was 140 dollars and then they opened the box (laughs) No, it's fine. We're not going to resell any of our Funko Pops, but I made a drastic mistake introducing Lux to the app. Oh, where you can put everything in. Yeah. So, like, they saw that it was worth, like, almost 200 And they were like, that justifies it. It's worth more than I'm paying for it. <laughs> you know, stonks. Yeah. But, like, now Lux's PopCap collection is almost worth, like, $500, and they only have, like, 10 Like, they That's just cool. keep getting shit. That's wild. No, yeah. Fuck My Hero Academia <laughs> Pops. Also, fuck life. I... It's too much money. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Keep your toys, bro. <laughs> keep your fucking toys. Even shit like Legos go up in value. Yeah. But only if the box is closed, which yeah, is stupid. You'd have to, like, keep the set intact. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, I'm building the That's Legos. stupid. I'm trying to think. I have Beyblades. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some Beyblades that you can buy for a lot of money now. Yeah. So maybe I could <laughs> sell them. Keep track of your Funko collection. It's so fun. I have, like, five. So? 
I I have a cool. I have three Assassin's Creed ones. Okay. Because I'm big into the Assassin's Creed games. Um, and then I have Cell from Dragon Ball. I won in a costume contest. <laughs> um, at Second and Charles. Which from, Assassin's Creed one do you have? Uh, I have Ezio. I don't know what edition though. And then I have the Plague Doctor. And then I have the one from Union. I don't remember. He's worth sixty-five dollars. Ezio. Is he in black or white? In white. Sixty-five. Black nice. is worth one hundred and ninety. Cheese them. And if you have the blue one, it's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Plague Doctor. It's worth fifty. Nice. You keep track of your collection. I'll get the app. No, yeah. What's Cell worth from Dragon Ball? Cell. I don't remember if there's anything else. I only watched Dragon Ball for, for like, two seasons when it was on TV. Is it? He's green. Does he glow in the dark? Is he metallic? No, he's just normal cell. God damn it. It might be signed. Because Cell's first form is only worth $10. His perfect form is somehow less at 9 But if it, um... If it was metallic, it'd be 42. If it glowed in the dark, it was 25. And then somehow if it was a perfect cell that glows in the dark, it was 135. Jeez, that yeah. skyrocketed. <laughs> no, yeah. Anything else? $10. No, I think it was first form, so. No, literally. Keeping track. Hold on, I'll show you. My little collection is $365. Tweet us. Not tweet us. Tweet us. Tweet us. <laughs> on the Twitter account. On the Twitter account we don't have. <laughs> Send us some stuff in the Discord. Do y'all have cool Funkos? I love Funkos. Or are we weirdos? <laughs> no, we with our viewership, I'm sure <laughs> that, someone has to have one. No, I know. Someone, at least one. Yeah, no, I, you can bank on it because someone's got to like have played a video game and then a relative was like, oh, they'll like this for Christmas. Yeah, and it's from a different video game. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> with the same name. <laughs> with the same name. No, it's Dragon Ball, and they get him a Pokemon one or something. Bro, like, that'd be so good. I cherish it. Ow! I just hit myself in the face. Anyway, you ready to jump in? I think we've ranted about toys and scalpers. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Never it's mind. funny. This whole think- episode is about toys and scalpers. No, yeah. I-, I think it's funny to, like, look back on how some of our episodes have started. Mm-hmm. Because it's definitely been, like, we'll spend a whole 15 minutes talking about, like, a video game. Or Homestuck. Or <laughs> Homestuck. Or D&D. <laughs> In one case, it was that I got into a car accident. <laughs> like, it, it varies so greatly. No, they, they're fun. Now we start with Monster High. That's uh, been like five episodes yeah. at least have started with us talking about Monster High. Yeah, it's because it's good. Okay, we don't have a problem. You do. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, um, so the sheer coincidence of this episode was kind of batshit for me. That's fun. So I had to do it. So originally, um, I picked out my topic, and then I realized we've had, we've had a lot of straight white men murdering people. True. And I was like, I need <laughs> something different. <laughs> and then I, it got me thinking, you know, like every, have you seen that thing where it was like praise criminal minds because they were accurate with every unsub is a straight white man. Yeah. And like they were, they got one thing right. <laughs> it was like, no, yeah. Like that is true crime. Yeah, white. <laughs> but... I was doing some Googling, and I found this case, and I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like, let me see if I can pull some sources, and if I can, I'll do it, and if I can't, fuck it. 
And I started doing this research on Saturday the 14th. On Friday the 13th, the last time we recorded, a Hulu special dropped about this case. Oh, I'm not um, up to date on my Hulu special. Yeah, it's not a documentary. It's okay. one of, like, the dramatized versions. Like a mini-series. Yeah, I did watch all of it. Oh, fun. Um, But, like, it was, when I opened Hulu, I was like, let me see if it's a documentary or not. And I opened Hulu, and it was, you know, the banner. Oh. And I was like, that's sick. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and then I also found an article that had, like, whole chapters from the book about this case. Oh. And I read them. Fun. So, I know a lot. <laughs> um, and let me give you, so let me give you some hints. Woman. Go. <laughs> woman. Clementine. Woman in the 70s. 70s. This is some woman on woman crime. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's not like a, a mom crime. It wasn't like a mom crime and kids. Oh, no. It's not a mom and a kid. No. Okay. Um, I thought you were like, wait. <laughs> Never mind, continue. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they are mom, but it was like I was thinking of one that I was almost gonna research, that it was a, a mom in like the seventies. Was it a Gypsy Rose situation? Kind of. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was a bad situation, kind of okay. like that. A lot of manipulation and people wound up. It's wild. I won't spoil it because I'm gonna do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but. Hmm. In the 70s? Mm-hmm. A woman in the 70s. In Texas. In Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Hulu just did a special on it. Yeah. Let me Google Hulu specials real it quick. It might... It, the crime itself happens in the 80s. A lot of the stories in the 70s. I don't know if that helps. It happened on Friday the 13th. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I like nothing's coming to mind is the only issue. It's I'm like so not fun. not even names. Hulu or not uh, Hulu. HBO also has a special about it. For some reason, this case is gaining like I don't like not no. notoriety, but like attention now. Yeah, people are like mm-hmm. coming back around to it. Um, it was a good series. I don't know. I like I can't even think of a name to guess. Do you know who Candy Montgomery is? No damn okay that's so fun <laughs> okay so her name is actually candace but everyone calls her candy that's that's a good nickname no yeah <laughs> she's fun um but i'm gonna start you off on june 13th 1980 friday the 13th okay alan gore can't get into contact with his wife betty okay betty gore and he starts getting worried He's trying to, he's away on business. He works, um, he's a, a software engineer or like what that was in the 80s. Okay. Um, and he is about to like, he, he Betty doesn't like being alone. Um, he does, doesn't like it when she, when he goes away on business. She just had a baby. So she was super anxious. So he was like, I'll call you when I'm going to get on the plane. I'll call you when I get to the hotel. Like, don't worry about it. I'm going to keep in contact to lessen some of your anxieties. Only she doesn't answer uh, any of them. Uh, and he keeps trying to call, and at first he's like, oh, maybe she's on errands, maybe she's doing this, maybe she's doing that. Not a single one is picked up. And it gets to the point where he starts calling her at, like, maybe around 4, not 4, um, like, noon-ish, mm-hmm. all the way to, like, night. And she doesn't answer. Um, 
so instead he decides to call his neighbor who just so happened to actually be the guy who sold them their home all right um so he calls this guy and he's like hey richard like i i need you to go check on betty was richard his name yes okay there was actually a few phone calls so like he, he calls him once and richard's like okay and he goes outside and he looks and he says oh betty's car isn't here like she's not here um so don't worry about it like that's why she's not answering you because she's probably out doing something she might be with some of the other ladies or something and alan's like okay but he doesn't feel right because betty doesn't do that and they just had a baby and so he calls richard again a little while later and he's like dude i i need you to go check on her again like something is wrong and i don't know what it is so richard's like fine like give me a second um, so he goes back and he actually peeks in the garage this time and he sees her car had been in the garage. Oh. So he comes back to his phone and he's like, hey, Alan, yeah, no, she, her car is here, but all the lights are off. Like no one's home. So I don't, I don't, maybe she went to sleep. I, I don't know what the situation is. And Alan is like, okay. And then a little bit more time passes and he calls again. And he's like, Richard, <laughs> I need you to get into that house by any means necessary i don't care what you do i need you to get into that house okay that's wild and richard is like fuck <laughs> dude okay that's so scary what if there's someone in there though richard has to be like am i breaking into like no, where yeah. something bad is so happening richard is walking up and then one of his other neighbors um i'll give you their names later but another neighbor um he calls one of his friends who's like hey I, I'm, Alan needs me to go check on the house, like, can you come with me? Something might be wrong. Um, so his friend comes out, and then another guy comes out, and he's like, hey, um, his wife sent me, because he was, she was nervous. Oh. Um, so it's three dudes, and two of them have guns. Okay. <laughs> and they, um, they believe the back door is unlocked, is how they get in. Or at least oh. that's how it is in the miniseries. In the, in the book, it didn't detail exactly how, um, but they, they get into the house and they start looking around and then they hear the baby crying. <gasps> and Richard goes into the room with the crib and finds that she had soiled herself because she'd been in there for so long by herself and had cried for so long that her voice was gone. Oh no. That's so awful. he picks up the baby and he's like, fuck, like, um, keep looking. Like, I'm going to go bring this. I'm going to go bring baby to my wife and um, I'm going to go call the police. Okay. And that's what happens. So they're looking around. They're looking around, and then Lester opens the utility room door, and he peeks in, and he closes it really fast, and he says, oh my god. Oh no. Oh my god, don't go in there. Is she in there? Mm-hmm. Oh no. <laughs> um, the police arrive. The home is pristine, except for the utility room that is covered, floor to ceiling in blood. Ew. Um, Betty had been slashed to pieces. She'd been hit 41 times with oh a my fucking axe. What? 28 of those, her face and head. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so obviously the last person seen with her becomes the primary suspect. And who was that? You might wonder. Who is that? I wonder. Her best friend, Candace Montgomery. Oh, no, Candy? Yeah. No way. No, yeah. Candy with the Honda? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, baby. Um, so let's rewind a bit. Let's rewind a bit. That was a lot of information. Let's rewind. Yeah, no, that was the rewind. crime. <laughs> that, that, that was the crime. So this is actually how it's funny because, like, 
everybody agrees that this is how the story is told. You talk about the murder first, and then you go backwards, like, four years. I, I've seen, like, a lot of miniseries. They gotta, like, hook you in. Yeah. You start with the your, your strongest argument. But it's like, the miniseries did it, the book did it, I did it. Like... <laughs> But yeah, so Candace Montgomery is born November 15th, 1949. She's a Scorpio. Okay. Fun. Um, she's born in Lucas, Texas. So she's an army brat. She'd been moved around a lot of her young life um, from military town to military town. But um, she starts working at a secret- as a secretary at this uh, company. Um, I believe our Texas Instruments. Oh, like the calculator? Like the calculators. Okay. Um, and her husband, her now husband, spoiler alert, um, is working. He's an engineer there. Um, okay. His name is Pat. Calculator We like engineer. Pat. We like Pat. <laughs> Pat's a cool dude. Um, so she marries Pat, and, like, he's a cool dude. Just to clarify, Pat, Pat Montgomery <laughs> is a cool dude, but they get married super fast. He's She's a secretary. He's an engineer. They get married. 1977, they moved to Collin County in Texas. So they bought this gorgeous home okay. together um, in the town of Wiley. Yeah. And they have two kids. Their daughter, Jenny, is born 1973, and then their son, Ian, is born October 1974. And also, just to clarify, for anyone who watches the miniseries, the only names that are different are all of the children have different names. I don't know why. Um, Even, like, their neighbors had the same names, but, like, Betty's kids are named differently, and so are um candies and i don't know why i think there's laws about that yeah for for children protection that if you like make something based on an event you have mm-hmm. to change the kids which names. makes sense because, yeah like in the in the even if it's like public knowledge what kids were involved i yeah. think to put it i think there's rules about like what you can make into because mm-hmm. like in the miniseries on... um it's baby valerie but her real name is bethany um okay. it's jenny but i think in the miniseries her name is something else the other girls, anyway. Yeah, I think it's witness protection. That makes sense. Children. But yeah, um, so there's this, in one of the, the like I said, the article I found was literally like whole sections from this book, um, and it was talking about this part of the country, like how specifically even the Montgomery's, like they came here to get away from the city and like all the overpriced housing and all this stuff. It's near Dallas enough so that the men can work in Dallas mm-hmm. with like their engineering and shit. Um, but they had, like, pasture-sized lots that their homes sat on. The kids went to school in a little red schoolhouse. The church hmm. is on top of a hill. Like, it's very untouched yeah. by modernization for a little bit. Um, it's literally 20 miles west of, west of Dallas, though. Um, and this church becomes a thing because this is where Candy, like, builds her life. So, it's the first United Methodist Church of Lucas, and it was woman-run. It was a really a center in Candy's life. Um, they ran, like, the Sunday school and stuff. All of, like, the neighborhood ladies came together and, like, were mothering each other's kids. Oh. Um, it, it wasn't bad. It was kind of cute. Like, they yeah, all it was just... like a mom's club. No, yeah. Um, and... But it wasn't, like, the best. It was a drafty church, white clapboard building that everyone just called The Church, Um, The paint was peeling, the steeple was rusted, but this is where Candy made her friends. And specifically, this is where she makes friends with a woman named Betty Gore. Betty Gore is a middle school teacher. She also lived nearby and had two kids of her own, 
married to Alan Gore. So Alan is an electrical engineer, just like Pat, different company. Um, he worked at Rockwell International. Um, but he and Betty got married in 1970, and they had a daughter, Alyssa, in the movie, or in the miniseries, Christina. Okay. Um, side note, that most of the articles conveniently left out that Alan was her math teacher in college, and, like, that's how they know each other and got married. I was like, mm, skeevy. Um, <laughs> but apparently Betty was, like, super popular in high school, um, because she was, like, super attractive, um, and she she was college educated she she in the miniseries her dad even says like she had her pick of the litter um because she was a really attractive woman they kind of do her a disservice in the miniseries i talk a lot about the miniseries because i did watch it yes um they kind of make her more i'll get to it but (laughs) a lot of people of the article said that it was shocking that she ended up with alan because he was always described as sort of plain looking (laughs) <laughs> um horn rim glasses puffy cheeks short receding hairline every article mentioned the receding hairline dude they're doing this man dirty <laughs> no yeah um but candace and betty hit it off they're fast friends and meanwhile their daughters are fucking inseparable like oh, okay. best friends jenny and Alyssa attached at the hip um but then shit gets messy so each partnership had their own like respective issues right that's fair so and the miniseries kind of does it a disservice a little bit candy candy's is accurate she's just bored okay pat is too nice (laughs) they really did pat a service in the miniseries (laughs) he was the best every time pat came on the screen i was like i'm I'm about to watch dad of the year i fucking loved pat (laughs) um but she was just bored with her life it had reached this like standstill yeah. Um, and meanwhile... She's a church mom. Yeah. Meanwhile, Betty is having, like, her own marital issues. Um, the miniseries, like, flips it, though. The miniseries makes it look like Alan is the one pulling away. The book, it was Betty. Like, Betty was really distant, and, what like, Alan was the one who suggested marriage counseling and oh. stuff, and it she didn't want to do it because she didn't have time. Um, but Alan, um, runs into Candy at a volleyball thing. Like, they're they're the church volleyball team. And they're practicing in the summer of 1978. Say something? Something. Yeah, you hit mute. Nice. Okay. Don't worry, guys. I'm just kind of dumb. There were some technical issues, but it's fine because I just... I moved the... Oh, that's what... that. Yeah, I moved this and it must no. have hit it. That's so sad. It's okay. I just listened to where it started, though, and it, it was... We just did it. Um. But yeah, so they run into each other at a church volleyball thing. Alan flirts back. It's an important note. Alan flirts back. And so this is a problem for me. <laughs> Because the book made them sound so cute. Um, but Candy literally, like, told her friends straight up, like, she wanted an affair. Oh. Told her friends verbatim. And they were like, but why? And she was like, fireworks. Pat doesn't fuck me. <laughs> like, like literally, more spicy. Literally. It was just a sex thing for Candy. She was just like, Pat doesn't fuck me. Like, 
And they were like, Candy, don't have an affair. Just fuck your husband. And she was like, no, I think I want an affair. So at first she didn't think Alan was that because of how plain he looks. They were like, no, receding hairline. Like, I have better options. Um, but they'd only, they, they were friends was what did it because they, they sang in the church choir together. They helped with sports teams. Everything that Candy did, Alan also did. They were described as the charismatic halves of their pair. Oh, okay. So he was just as active in church. They were kind of like, I don't know, I like totally lost my train of thought there. They were in the same clubs kind of thing. Just like in the same Mm -hmm. social spheres. And also, a lot of the articles said he was super funny. Which also, the miniseries did this man a disservice. They made him so shitty. (laughs) but apparently he was Except super he can't funny <laughs> and they're like flirting with each other and all this stuff and it goes on for weeks oh okay weeks of this like back and forth flirting and they would like stay late after their respective events and just like sit in the parking lot by their cars talking okay like and then one day alan is sitting in his car candy gets inside of the passenger seat unprompted Oh. And says... The doors weren't locked? Mm-hmm. And says, I have to tell you something, and you can't interrupt me. Like, I just have to get it out. I think you're attractive, and I would like to have an affair with you. Okay. I mean, shoot your shot, Candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, don't cheat on people, but I mean... series <laughs> has him say nothing back. In reality, he said, I don't know what to say. Oh, okay. Um, And she said, essentially, like... Oh, I actually have the conversation wrote down, I think. Um, oh, 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 that's not what happened. Miniseries made it one conversation. It actually happens twice. So she gets into the car. Um, it's after choir practice one day. She walks to the passenger door and says, Alan, um, I want to talk to you about something, about something that's been bothering me. She gets into the car and she says, I've been thinking about you a lot and it's really bothering me. And I don't know whether I want you to do anything about it or not. Alan's confused, says nothing. She says, I'm very attracted to you and I'm tired of thinking about it. So I just wanted to tell you. Then she gets out of the car, slams her door, hurries across the parking lot. <laughs> um, but, like, this whole time in, in prep to this, they'd been, like, winking at each other. Um, they loiter in the parking lot. Can- it was so subtle, Candy doubted it at first because she said that Alan was that nice to everybody. Oh, um, he's but, a charming person. Yeah, but she did decide her, to shoot her shot. And they don't see each other for another week. Oh, she lets him sit with that for a week. And then when they did, he approached her. Oh, okay. And said, what do you have in mind? <laughs> like, and it's she a said, business proposition. It, oh, it gets so much funnier. She was like, I would like to have an affair with you. The conversation went like this. Would you be interested in having an affair? She asked. I don't know what to say. It's just something I've been thinking about, and I wanted to say it so I didn't have to think about it anymore. I don't think I could, Candy. I don't think it would be a wise thing to do because I love Betty. Once we were living in New Mexico and she had an affair that hurt me a lot. I wouldn't want to do that to her. Candy was surprised. Oh, so Betty cheated on him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Candy was surprised and she said, that's fine, Alan. I love Pat too. I wouldn't want to hurt him either. Betty just got pregnant again too and it would be unfair to her, especially since I don't feel the same way about you as I do her. So I probably couldn't do something like that. That was Alan. I don't think I clarified then she said, okay, Alan, I was just putting the option out there because of how I felt, and it's up for you to decide. I don't want to hurt your marriage. All I wanted to do was go to bed. I won't mention it again. 
And then he kisses her. You are sending mixed signals, man, huh? He kisses her. She gets out of the car. She leaves. They don't talk about it again. <gasps> um. So even that, he calls her. Alan. At, like, he's having some <laughs> marital problems with Betty. Betty's not giving him a lot of attention. And also, there was a lot of, like, when Betty was pregnant, she was, like, twice as bad as she normally was. Um, don't know. I'd Like, distant? Yeah. Um. And the miniseries really flipped it, so, like, I don't really know how that went. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the book said that she was just, like, very involved with the kids and all stuff, and she was kind of pulling away, and that he, he wasn't uh, yeah, getting as much can... attention from her. Less, like, alone time when you mm-hmm. have more kids. And she, like, he had suggested this marriage counseling, and she shot it down. Um, but... He calls Candy after some marital issues and asks to take her to lunch. Okay. And this is so funny. (laughs) Everything about this is so funny. Okay. Because it happens over the course of weeks where they'll meet up to have lunch. And it at first they don't even talk about the, the potential affair. They just talk because they're friends. Okay. They sit down, they have lunch, they chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat. And then they're talking about their spouses and their problems with their spouses. And Candy's like, Pat's boring and he doesn't fuck me. And Alan's like, <laughs> Betty's pregnant. Like, and doesn't fuck me. Like, they, they chit-chat. And then at the end, he's like, well, how would this work? If we were to pursue something, how would it work? And they decide to meet up for lunch again, this time so at Candy's scheming. house. When Alan shows up the next time to Candy's house, she had put butcher paper on one of the, like, windows in her, like, it's like a French door situation in her dining room. She puts it on the window and it says why and why not. And these motherfuckers make a pros and cons list over some lasagna. About why they should or shouldn't have an affair. That's so funny. And they are fucking vibing with each other the whole time. That's so funny. And, like, he is, his whole thing was like, well, what if somebody finds out? And she's like, they won't. (laughs) What? Somebody might find out on the con side. (laughs) They talk about, like, the logistics and stuff. And he is, like, super flirty with her still. Um and they decide that the way it would work, if they did, was that Candy would facilitate most of the logistics. Alan gets a two-hour lunch. So the way they would do it is Candy would pack a lunch for them so that they can have his whole lunch break. She would then purchase a motel room and call him at his work to let him know where she was. They would meet up every other week on a Tuesday or a Thursday because that's when the kids had practice. Um, this is verbatim. This is what they did. Okay, okay. Um, every other week, and they would go to the ho- the motel room, they would eat, they would fuck, and then he would go back. They agreed to split costs 50-50 so that it didn't feel like one person was paying for more than the other, but Candy was responsible for facilitating everything so that they could utilize his whole lunch break. Huh. These motherfuckers had a plan? No, they had, like, a thought-out plan. Yeah. It wasn't like, uh, I guess we can go to the motel. It's like, okay, Tuesday, Thursday, every other week. <laughs> like, that's weird. The, no, yeah. Everything that about... That pros and, and cons this happen- this really shining through. This whole situation happens over the course of months. 
from the first conversation all the way until I finally booked this fucking hotel room. Like, <laughs> it's so slow burn where it's like, <laughs> it's like broke. Come on. But each of them were overthinking it so hard. Yeah. Um, and it was like, but they both understood like, no, yeah, we have to overthink it. In I case mean, we get caught. Yeah. It was weirdly charming. No, yeah, like, I mean, you get to build up your, you get to flirt the whole time. Yeah, and he's, that's what they were doing. He's literally just, like. And I was so fucking mad when I watched the miniseries. Yeah, I'm gonna keep Alan might not have it. looks, but. <laughs> he, he was. He don't want to flirt. Every article described him as, like, so charismatic. That's, and the miniseries did him a disservice. Like, it really made it look like Candy facilitated everything. And I was like, that feels wrong. Because that's not what happened. He's obvious, yeah. He responded. Um, in the miniseries, it had Candy kiss Alan <gasps> instead of Alan kissing Candy. I was like, this feels sexist. Like, <laughs> he facilitated it. Anyway, but they regularly meet up. It's the, the Como Motel in Richardson. Um, one quote said, over time, they became less like lovers and more like best friends. To the point where they started... Oh, there was like a friends with benefits. Literally. They start exchanging, like, greeting cards and gifts and stuff. She would bring lunch to each meeting. They'd talk for the remainder. Like, they'd fuck once and then talk the whole time. That's... Um, their first meeting, Candy, like, cooked. Like... Oh. So, she, she sends Pat and the kids away with their lunches for school and then makes Alan, like, a lunch. And they pack... She packs it in a picnic basket um she gets dressed up in like lingerie it's a whole thing no yeah he when he gets there um he comes in and they're both so nervous (laughs) they're both so nervous um she had set up the table um with like a picnic blanket and like lunch and he was just kind of looking at her and she's just kind of looking at him and then he, he comes over and he like touches her shoulder and she was like it immediately made her relax because they were friends. Oh. And it was, like, they were comfortable with each other, and it was just, like, so much pressure. But, like... Yeah, you don't want to mess up. They had a great time. In the... <laughs> they had a great time. It wasn't in the... It wasn't in the book, but I thought it was so funny in the miniseries. She's, like, talking to one of her friends, and she she doesn't say who it is, but she's, like, I had an affair. And they start, got like, gossiping about it. And she's, like, how was it? And Candy's, like, I think he may have the most beautiful penis I've ever seen. <laughs> okay (laughs) it was so funny um but like they have a good time because they're friends but after bethany is born so keep in mind they started this when bethany when when betty got pregnant bethany is born july of 1979 so about a year about a year um and alan is like i i think we should stop okay and candy completely agrees She's like, no, yeah, your daughter was just born. That makes complete sense. Like, Betty is going to need more attention. Um, and obviously, like, it's funny because Candy starts feeling guilty because Pat is, like, bone-dead stupid <laughs> and has not noticed a single thing. Not noticed anything. She's out here leaving clues, probably. And- no, yeah. <laughs> Pat doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Pat is not clued in. <laughs> Pat Pat has not Pat does not have a suspicious bone in his body. No. And Candy, Pat said I engineer calculators. <laughs> Candy is like my poor poor husband. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but they call it off. They call it off and Candy like keep my Bethany's born. But like 
Candy had thrown Betty a fucking baby shower, like, while they were fucking. Like, Yo. Candy went hard. Um, she said she'd never been uncomfortable around Betty at all, even though she was fucking her husband. That's wild. <laughs> did not, did not worry. Um, but the baby, so a little while after the baby is born, they do resume the affair for a little bit. Um, but it ends again because Candy is, like, more irritable unclear why she was just like a little bit more on edge and alan felt way more guilty this time because now there's also a baby yeah so they ended it again but once again it was amicable but there's this moment where betty catches on a little bit (gasps) Um, how? so they had just gone to kansas on a trip to see the grandparents and they come back because they were bringing the baby bethany to meet her parents they get back on a Thursday, and normally That's one of the days. So normally, Alan would have taken Friday off, but he and Candy had worked it out so that they could meet on Friday, because he had to. She they had been away for a full week, so they were gonna meet on Friday. So Alan said, "I do have to go into the office," and Betty is pissed that he's going into work. She just wanted him to stay home, maybe run errands with her. And then she's a little bit more sus at this point. So, Alan tries to make an excuse that he has to go call Candy about some church thing. And through, like, code, tells her that he can't come. Oh. Um, She's pissed because her and Pat are about to go out of town. Oh. So, she's pissed. Um, The phone call lasts a little bit. Oh, and when so he like, comes back, off. Betty makes a, a comment. Like, mm, sure was a long conversation with Candy. Oh. Um, but he doesn't go to work on Friday. He does spend the day with Betty. And then there's another occasion where Alan had seen Candy during his lunch break. And when he got home, Betty tried to have sex with him. And he couldn't. <gasps> so he turned her down and she started crying oh no like it's this whole mess and this time the final time they break off the affair candy is not happy Uh uh-oh um it's not like she had fallen in love with him or anything it mm, it differs by report so some reports are like no she did love him he did love her and they probably did a little bit yeah um good buddies but this final time they break it off it's because alan agreed to go to this marriage encounter thing oh it's like therapy so the Betty finally said they could do counseling, mm-hmm. huh? Um, because he had been he had been the one to push it first in the miniseries with Betty, but in he had been the one to push marriage encounter. He had heard it was like it's like a couples retreat thing, and oh, some okay. of the people at church had done it, and like their marriage was better for it. So he wanted to do it, and when he first asked her about it, she was like, "Do you think our marriage is broken?" And so he dropped it because mm-hmm. he didn't want to tell his wife that. And then after all of this weird shit with, like, the sex and all this stuff, she finally relents and is like, let's let's just do it. Yeah. Um, and they go, and it works. Oh. Like, it works for them. They had a good time. Um, and Away they, from the kids. They come back better for it. And that's when he breaks it off. And I think that's what pisses Candy off a little bit. Is that he's breaking it off because his relationship with his wife is better and her relationship with her husband yeah, isn't. Yeah, she's still stuck in the same old, same old. Yeah. 
Um, but it wasn't like she was madly in love with him. She wasn't some sort of vindicated lover. It was almost like a jealousy that he got to resolve his problems. Yeah. And every article I found described them as more best friends. Like, there wasn't a romantic thing there. They were just, like, codependent in, like, mm. a weird way. But, um, she feels like he's being a hypocrite this time. Because when she wanted to break it off earlier, he had, like, convinced her to stay. Um, and then they continued on. Because she had gotten bored. Um, of him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Candy's hard to please. No, she had gotten bored with, like, fucking him. And was like, eh, his penis was pretty for a little bit. <laughs> but, like, she tried to break it off. And he was like, no, like, I'm not. I, can we keep going? And she's like, you know, fine, whatever. <laughs> it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, I guess. Bad dick's better than no dick. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and... <laughs> She feels like he's being a hypocrite because, like, now his relationship with his wife is better and he's calling it off. Um, but the affair ends. And then the events of June 13th, 1980 happen one full year later. There was no other catalyst. She was just, like, brewing for a year. It wasn't. We'll get there. Okay. Okay, okay we'll get there. Oh, shit gets weird. So, Alan is going away on a business trip. His oldest daughter, Alyssa, is staying at Candy's house because their daughter's your best friends. And Betty is having some time with the baby. So um, Alyssa had actually slept over the night before. When she woke up, they were at breakfast. And Pat, being the best dad he fucking is, let it slip that they were going to see the new Star Wars movie that night. No way. And Alyssa was, like, wanting to come. And she got super excited. And Pat... And, like, Candy talked about it, and they were... Candy made a joke, like, the only time Alyssa had fun was when she was with them. <laughs> like, Candy thinks they're the cool parents. <laughs> um, but Pat was like, no, yeah, like, let's bring her. <laughs> they want to go. Let's go. Um, so they decide to ask Betty. They're like, oh, Betty's not going to have a problem with it. Um, but Alyssa's like, the only thing is I do have swim practice today. Oh, no. And she's like oh that's fine that's fine i'll go pick up your swimsuit from your mom i'll bring you to swim and then when i pick you up we'll, we'll i have to bring all of y'all to uh church class bible study and then once bible study is done i'll pick you up we'll go out to eat and then we'll go see a whole old day um, of it we'll go see the new star wars movie and it's cute like she has a plan so she Goes to the church first, she's doing some errands, and then she has to slip away so that she can go get the swimsuit from Betty, but she's an hour early. She'd called Betty about it, um, and Betty was okay with it. Betty said, come around noon. Candy comes at 11. Okay. Um, because it worked better for Candy. Okay. Candy's kind of self-obsessed. Um, <laughs> so. I didn't pick up on that yet. <laughs> Betty opens the door and is like, looks a little pissed off. That Candy's okay, there an hour early. Um, she wasn't expecting, so she had just put the baby in her crib for a nap. Um, it was like her first moment of peace in the day, and then here comes Candace fucking Montgomery. Um, <laughs> she had probably hurried to the door so that the noise wouldn't wake the baby. Um, she had a half-finished cup of coffee in the background. It's the Phil Donahue show, like, she hadn't intended to go out that day. She was dressed for housework, so it was red denim shorts and a yellow short sleeve pullover. Um, she opens the front door, and Candy is here to pick up the, the bathing suit for Alyssa. 
and um, all hell breaks loose. Oh, keep in mind, keep in mind that uh, murder victims, we only have who lived. Yeah. So this is Candy's retelling of events because Candy does go to trial and Candy does testify. And Candy and Betty were the only two who were here that day. Okay. It is worth noting that um, they they said it really well in the show that an axe is not it's not a weapon that you would choose. It's a weapon of opportunity. Okay. So you're you're not gonna seek out to murder someone with an axe. If you wanted to kill someone, you're gonna get a gun. You're gonna get something along those lines. If if with Betty being axed as severely as she was, it happened spur of the moment. Okay. This wasn't planned. And this is how Candy explains these events. So, um, this is a clip written from the book on the topic, and I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Because it really sets the scene, and I didn't want to summarize it because it's written kind of well. So, quote, Betty, I have a special favor to ask you. Candy was not long on salutations, but no one minded her abruptness. The friendliness in her eyes and her smile was greeting enough. The girls wanted Alyssa to go see the movie with us tonight, and I told them, if it's okay with you, it's okay with me. I'll be happy to take Alyssa to her swimming lessons to save you the extra trip. That's okay, Betty said. Come on in. I thought it would be. Um, so I just ran down from Bible school to get Alyssa's swimsuit. The two women talked in the living room, which was dominated by a large playpen in the middle of the floor with toys and children's books strewn about. Betty switches off the television and went into the kitchen. Want some coffee? No, thanks. Candy sat next to the sewing machine where she noticed that Betty was making something out of yellow cloth. Betty came back and sat on the other side of the small table. She seems tense, as though she's anxious for Candy to leave. Ooh. So where's Bethany? Candy asked. Bethany got up very early today. She just went back to bed. Oh no, Candy said, frowning. I wanted to play with the baby. Candy, if you're going to take Alyssa to her swimming lesson, remember that she doesn't like to put her face under the water, Betty said. So when she does put her face under, be sure to give her peppermints afterward. That's the reward we use. Betty is now loosening up a little, as though the small talk was a welcome interruption to the morning chores. They chatted a while, and then Candy glances at her watch. Well, it's getting late. I do have some errands to run. You want me to get Alyssa's suit? Betty does not stir from her chair. Her face is blank. Her eyes were unfocused. Candy, she said calmly, are you having an affair with Alan? Oh, no. Candy was stunned. No, of course not, she answered a little too quickly. Betty squinted. The steeliness crept into her tone. But you did, didn't you? Oh, my God. Yes, Candy said quietly now, but it was a long time ago. Candy was still. Her eyes avoided Betty's. Betty said nothing, staring past Candy's head, transfixed, sullen. Did Alan tell you? Candy looked into Betty's face for a sign. Wait a minute, Betty said, and rose abruptly, and walked through the open door of the utility room and out of sight. Candy wondered how recently Betty had found out. Candy also realized, with quiet panic, that she had nothing to say to her. After a few seconds, Betty reappeared in the doorway, her face tense. 
She was clutching the curved wooden handle of a three-foot axe, the kind used for chopping heavy firewood. Her stance, oddly enough, was not threatening, since she held the axe clumsily away from her body with the blade pointed towards the floor. She was holding it like this. Oh. Like, like she, like she, for the podcast, like she was almost like rowing something. It was overhand, weirdly, and the blade is pointed downward. She didn't know how to use it. Just like be scary. Yeah, it was, and it was an intimidation thing, and you'll see it stops. Um, so she, the blade pointed at the floor. Candy was more worried about what Betty would say than what she would do. Candy stood up but didn't move from the chair. Betty. Well, don't see him again, Betty said. It was an order. Okay, so being scary. Under the circumstances, Candy said, I think I'll just bring Alyssa home and drop her off right after Bible school. No, Betty said harshly. I don't want to see you anymore. Just keep Alyssa and take her to the movie because I don't want to look at you again today. Bring her home tomorrow. Betty laid the axe against the wall just inside the living room and walked past Candy into the middle of the living room. I'll get a towel from the bathroom, she said over her shoulder. You get Alyssa's suit off of the washer. So she puts the axe down. She puts it down. She walks past them into the bathroom to get a towel. And Candy walks into the utility room to get Alyssa's bathing suit. All Candy wanted to do was get out of the house because suddenly she had a sick feeling in her stomach. She took the swimsuit off of the washer. Betty reappeared behind her. Don't forget Alyssa's peppermints. The tone was softer now, more reassuring. The two women met at the utility room door, and Betty handed the towel to Candy. That's okay, Candy said. I have some peppermints at home I can give her. Betty reached into a bowl of candy by the fireplace. I'll give you a few of these anyway. As Candy stuffed the swimsuit and towel into her handbag, Betty gave her a handful of candies and she dropped those in as well. When Candy looked up at last, Betty was staring at her, but her expression was no longer one of rage. Her face was full of pain. Candy thought of how Betty would cry after she left, and she felt a stab in her conscience. Both women hesitated, as though something important would be settled by the tone of the parting. Reflexively, clumsily, Candy places her hand on Betty's arm, and when she spoke, her voice dripped with pity. Oh, Betty, I'm so sorry. All at once, Betty's rage erupts. Oh. She flung her hand from her arm and shoved Candy backwards into the utility room. Betty grabbed the axe resting by the doorway and rushed in afterwards, holding it like a weapon, diagonally across her chest. The blade pointed at the floor. You can't have him, Betty screamed, crowding Candy. You can't have him. I'm going to have another baby and you can't have him this time. Because she's pregnant again. Oh. Um... Betty, don't, Candy said, putting her hands on the axe as Betty moved in. This is stupid. I don't want Alan. For a moment, neither woman moved. They gripped the axe firmly, their eyes locked. Then Betty began to jerk the axe, trying to control it. Betty, don't do this, Candy pleaded. Please stop. They're holding it in the middle of them. Yeah. So it's literally like they're playing that game where you were trying to stack your hands on top of each other. Oh, like trying to just get control. They are holding it, but they're not fighting for it. They're just like really tense, like they don't know what to do at first. And they're just kind of like looking at each other. And then Betty starts jerking it again, like she's trying to get it. Um, And then Betty says, I've got to kill you. (laughs) As they grappled for control, Betty wrenched the axe 
violently and jerked it upward. The flat side of the blade slapped against the side of Candy's head. Betty, what are you doing? Candy stepped backwards further into the utility room, grabbed her head with her hand. She's bleeding now. Um, Betty, stop. Candy looked at her hands. It's streaked with blood. She looked back at Betty and saw her raising the axe blade over her head, almost to the eight-foot ceiling, as though to smash her with one single powerful blow. Candy screams at the top of her lungs, high-pitched, pleading, and jumped sideways into the cabinet, spilling books and knickknacks on the floor. Even though Candy had no place to hide, Betty was between Candy and both exits. The axe misses her entirely and lands harmlessly on the linoleum. The blade makes a thud, thud sound, bounced once, and then slices a gash in Candy's toe. Just as it did, Candy grabs the blade, wrapping her fingers around the thick, heavy metal. Her pleading has now turned to anger. The exaggerated blow and the drawing of blood unloosened the surgeon, surging fury of both women. As soon as Candy grabbed the blade, Betty started shoving and jerking the handle, but Candy held on tightly, and the struggle degenerated into a wrestling match. Betty thrust and grabbed the axe and Candy's body, kicking her legs, kneed her in the thighs. Candy responded by trying to jerk the handle out of Betty's hands. From a distance, nonsensically came a frenzied, high-pitched barking of dogs. Betty moves her hands up the handle, trying to get leverage. Finally, she bites Candy on the knuckle. With her head bent, Betty was off balance. Candy shoved the axe against Betty's body with all of her might. Betty reels backwards and falls against the door of the freezer, her feet slipping a little on the linoleum. Candy didn't hesitate. As Betty struggled to regain her balance, her body facing away, Candy brought the axe with both hands and brought blot, brought the blade down onto the back of Betty's head. Jeez, um. That's the end of me reading, if you tuned out. <laughs> um, I just thought the way they wrote it was like... Yeah, it, no, it lays it out. Yeah. Um, so, according to Candy, this is all self-defense. Okay. And then kind of like in a blind rage of bleeding you mm -hmm. hit her and there's a there's a few more 47 more times there's a few more um anecdotes that do come out in the trial i just didn't detail them here because candy didn't understand it fully yet um yeah so in candy's version betty attacks her she turned it around in self-defense um but she's the only one witness to that mm -hmm. so candy leaves as if nothing had happened that's so she actually she had actually taken a towel and tried to clean it up at first because she's like dazed now yeah she's also bleeding profusely like that one hit in her head was a lot so she tried to clean it up and realized she couldn't and then went into the shower and got into the shower fully clothed oh like washed the clothes and like tried to get the blood off of her ew um and then she gets into her car um so, she leaves the baby, though, upstairs in the crib. Um, so, she go her day goes on like normal. So, she goes home. She changes. What she does is she, um, she, I can't remember if she throws away her jeans or if she puts them in the wash. But I do remember she intentionally picked out a pair that, the, that was the exact same shade as the one she was already wearing. Oh. And then she scrubbed at her blouse and threw it in the dryer. And her blouse was it was like it was a good thing it was already burgundy oh um and then her sandals were like really fucked up so she 
like took them off and put on a pair of blue lace-up sneakers which do become a thing later because people were like candy never wears sneakers in the summer oh um but her day goes on like normal she picks up the kids um plus Alyssa up from church um they they go see the empire strikes back that evening (laughs) um you killed her mom and you're just picking her up from church now yeah so alan starts getting worried at four this happened at 11 oh my god alan starts getting worried at four so like i said earlier betty had had some separation anxiety um it was fine though they were about to go to europe later like he comes back from this trip they're going to europe they've been calling it a second honeymoon um he also promised to call her at the airport he can't reach her at all um he calls candy he calls candy and asked have you talked to betty today and she said yeah i went by earlier i picked up Alyssa's swimsuit um everything was fine though oh and he's like, okay, well, like, if you hear from her. And she's like, oh, of course. But, like, we, we did end up keeping Alyssa for another le- night. Betty said we could. We're taking her to see a movie. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, her voice is full of concern. And she even, like, relays the peppermint story to Alan. She's like, yeah, like, I, I even got the peppermints, like Betty told me. Like, Oh, that's awful. So he's calling on and off all day with no answer. He even starts to call hospitals and police departments in, like, in between those calls to Richard. He was trying to see if she had gotten into an accident. Um, Candy gets gets a call again from Alan. She offers to go over there. (gasps) She's like, I can can go over if you want. Um, anything to help. That's awful. So he calls a neighbor. This is the third phone call. Um, and uh, they Wait. find Bethany first, obviously, like I already told you. Um, the other two men keep looking. They couldn't see Betty at first, but they could smell her. Ugh. Um, he opens the door, shuts it fast, because the only thing he saw was blood. Literally everywhere. Jeez. Um. Less like Lester's quote was finding quote thick congealed reddish brown oceans of blood glistening on the tile. It all led to Betty's body in the utility room. Um. Quote, without exception, each man who saw the lifeless body of Betty Gore the night of June thirteenth, nineteen eighty, reflexively averted his eyes. Even those who already knew what lay beyond the utility door were never bold enough to look for more than a moment before closing the door. Few looked at the head at all. The sight was too horrible. So early reports as to the manner of death were conflicting and usually wrong. (gasps) Oh. When they finally... So the... Alan calls his house. His house phone. (gasps) And, And Lester picks it up. He's like, Alan, I'm so sorry. Oh no. And Alan's like, What's wrong? And he's like, The baby's fine. We got the baby. Bethy's fine. Um What about Betty? No. I'm so sorry, Alan. She's been shot. Oh no. The wrong weapon. Yeah. So early reports thought it was like a home invasion. And she was shot in the back of the head. And that she was shot. Um, because no one could look at her body for that long. That's awful. Um, 
Yeah. So one of the articles that I read described the utility room in detail about, like, there's a child's training toilet, a brand new toy wagon. It was a small room already, but it had a washer, it had a dryer, it had a freezer. Um, and there was a book of Mother Goose nursery rhymes with a white cover. And it was one of the only things in the entire room that didn't have blood on it. Ugh. Um, yeah. Her arm was actually the first thing they could see when they peeked open the door. Um, it was, there was so much blood, it looked like it was floating. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's also the axe. At 11.30 p.m., (laughs) Alan calls Candy again. No, that's gross. I hate that he's calling her. He doesn't know. He calls her to tell her that Betty is dead. Oh, Candy has a breakdown in Pat's arms. Oh. And they agree to have Alyssa for a few more nights. Ew. Yeah. She did it. I hate that. (laughs) That's so awful. No. Candy never. Dude, if it was... That's my thing. I, I, you know, we only have her side of the story. Mm -hmm. I don't even believe it, though. Yeah. She would have called. If it was self-defense, you'd be like, oh, my God. I just did something I, like... i'm scared and i get shocked but like the whole day and Mm -hmm. then acting like you know nothing yeah no no yeah um she isn't arrested immediately because at first she they did the police knew that she'd been the last one to see her they didn't think she was physically capable oh of doing that in the show i thought the way they did it was nice um in the show they decided to have pat have like sort of an epiphany he did this did, this isn't in real life this okay. is complete hello fiction woo, woo 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 spoilers i guess it's whatever um he had been he found candy's shoes and he had this realization and then it's a, a see a shot of him like he had woken up in the middle of the night he obviously can't go to sleep and he goes out into the yard he takes an axe he hits a tree stump and he says one and he keeps going and he can't get past 32. Oh, my. It's because it's so physically demanding. Yeah. Um, and he, I didn't even think about that. No, and he sits down, and there's, like, a look of relief on his face. Because you can tell it's, like, there's no way. If I can't do that, like, there's no way my wife could have. Yeah. And it was a good physical representation of, like, how the police thought of it at first. Like, there was no way Candy could have done it. She was not physically capable of wielding a three-foot-long axe with that much brutality. Yeah. The to f- break bone? <laughs> um, but they do the find... The adrenaline comes in. Yeah. They do find a bloody shoe print. Um, oh. The shoes always do you in. Yeah. And then they figure out, like, there's blood in the bathroom. Whoever had done it washed. But the size of the shoe print is too small. Like, it's not a man. Ew. Um, what they didn't know was that Candy, um, had heard on the, on the news that they were looking for shoes, and she cut up her sandals with garden shears. <gasps> bitch said, um, <laughs> chop, 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 like, no. um, but obviously she's questioned, because she was the last person to see her. She's super helpful to the police. Um, she tells them the story, um, 
Oh, like tells them her story. Not the self-defense story. She tells them, I went by, I got the swimsuit, I left. Oh. I didn't know what happened. Like, uh, Betty had just put the baby down. Like, she gives them her fingerprints. Oh. Um, and one thing that was conflicting, and I still don't know what happened, was whether or not she took a polygraph. I saw two articles that said she did and she passed. I saw two articles saying that she agreed to it and then later said no. Um, under her, like, because she did get a lawyer. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, I know at some, at least, at the bare minimum she agreed to it. It was whether or not she went through with it or whether or not she redacted it. Um, but... some time passes not a, it's like a few days and alan tells the police about the affair oh because he doesn't want to be a suspect yeah he's like i mean he's away yeah but uh, <laughs> he wanted to be honest um and then uh candy uh, eventually is arrested and okay. charged they know it's candy yeah. They just don't know how. Because they also, like, she has that big cut on her toe and on her forehead. Her thighs. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. She's literally wounded. Her thighs are covered in bruises. And the police deduce that it's from the handle hitting <gasps> her legs. Because, like, it was funny in the, even in the miniseries, the, the sergeant said, like, you know, we were all taught that in scouts. Like, how not to get hit. She was never taught that. Oh. So her legs are covered in bruises. And he's, like, immediately sus of her. Like, she's too nice to put together. Um, She had an excuse for everything, and it always felt just a little too right. Yeah, too Um, convenient. mm -hmm. So she's arrested. She's charged. Even when she's changing into her prison uniforms, the jailers, like, peep the cuts and the bruises all over her. Um, The trial lasts eight days. (laughs) Jeez. So Candy said she did kill her, but it was in self-defense. Um, that Buddy had confronted her about the affair. That Buddy had tried to ask her first. And this is where, like, it's said that the polygraph said she was telling the truth. Uh, but I don't know if she took the polygraph. Yeah. So. Hmm. <laughs> the miniseries really played up this one fact that her lawyer was kind of a, a showman. Oh, uh, it was, like, one of those, like, super outspoken... He had usually been a lawyer for, like, car accidents and stuff. Um, and this, like, even the other lawyer was like, why the fuck is he on a murder charge? Like, <laughs> um, and one of the clips in the show was, like, they're gonna believe me because they want to believe me. Oh. Because they don't want to believe that Candy could do it. So he hires a hypnotist. Uh. He hires a hypnotist to put Candy under and he gets, he brings in all these, like, scientists, all these doctors to try and figure out some excuse. And they do age regression therapy. <gasps> and they cite it back to this one moment when Candy was a kid and she'd busted her head open. And her mom had had to take her to the hospital and she was crying. And her mom shushed her. And it was... That moment where, like, she, the, what was the word they used? Um, 
over-civilized. Where, like, she had then had to, like, push down all of her emotions forever for the sake of other people. Oh. And one thing in her testimony was that in that moment where she's grappling with Betty for the axe, the baby had started crying. (gasps) And Betty shushed her. After cutting her head open and throwing her around this room. Because in the, Candy, in her testimony, said she was trying to get out. But Betty was blocking the exits. And every time she got, like, the the back door was locked. The one that went to the garage, she couldn't get it open. So she had, like, her hand braced against the refrigerator, which was right next door, and was trying to get it open, and it wasn't working. So her only option was to go through the house, and Betty was between her and the door. She's trying to get away. She's trying to get away. She's trying to get away. Betty busts her head open. Betty almost cuts her toe off. Like, and then Betty has the nerve to shush her. Oh. And that's when rage 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 fucking rage allegedly happens and this is how they explained it to the jury was like well we're citing it back to this moment where her mother did the same thing and then she had to hold everything in from Mm -hmm. that point on and here it is boiling over yeah so um in the courtroom candy looked sober and matronly um quote crowder her lawyer had been explicit about what she was to wear. Her hair was short and wavy. She wore earrings in a loose-fitting blue dress, dark and subdued, with a hemline well below her knees. Over her shoulders, she draped a white woolen sweater. In spite of Crowder's coaching, though, Candy was less than a model witness. Her voice was clipped and nasally, her manner cool. As Crowder questioned her about her children, her upbringing, her community and church activities, her friends, Candy gave short, functional answers. She sounded like a stuffy school marm, over-enunciating her sentences and banishing all emotion from her voice. So she she wasn't, like, playing it up on the stand that she was some victim. Mm-hmm. But um, the prosecution was like, you don't ask someone 41 times in self-defense. Yeah, that's my... Um, I, I mean, he was smart to bring in the fact that it was self-defense, but there was also, like, unattended to rage that yeah. was coming out, and that led to that. Like, that's a smart thing to play by the defense, yeah. but still. She didn't call anyone. Yeah. It's 48 axe wounds. Yeah. Also, she... So, in one version... Um, cause obviously we don't really know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll never get the, the true story. One was like, she did, she hit Betty once and then tried to get out and Betty turned around and was like, fuck no bitch. Like, oh. and they kept fighting. Like it could have been a thing where it's like, I'm getting her down and I'm going to make sure she stays down. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we will, we will never know. Um, on the can, on the stand though, Candy did say, quote, I hit her. And I hit her. And I hit her. That's a terrifying quote. Mm-hmm. The jury was made up of nine women and three men. Um, they deliberated for three hours on the charge before acquitting her of everything. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? The day before Halloween, Candy is acquitted of all charges. So they believe, like, self-defense? Mm-hmm. She did not serve a day in jail. Nothing. Nothing. Um, what juror alice doughtry riley quote said that the number of oh sorry that was not where the quote started um said the number of blows didn't factor into the decision quote 
We determined it never had a bearing on the verdict at all, whether it was one gunshot or 1,000 whacks. Um, but it does? No, yeah. <laughs> they were like, it doesn't matter. She 48 times. Yeah. Think about how long, like what you're saying with Pat in the show, mm-hmm. how long it would take you to pick up an axe and swing it down mm-hmm. 48 times. At some point, she stopped moving. Yeah. And you're still hitting. That was also part of the prosecution was that the axe wounds were parallel, which means that Betty wasn't even wiggling. Yeah. She was, was just being after hit. The other, after the other. It was also important. Nope. Pat testified for Candy. <gasps> And he, like, blamed himself for the affair. Oh, no. Because he was like, I'm not, I wasn't giving her enough attention. I wasn't a good husband. (laughs) In the show, also, it threw me for a loop. I didn't see it coming. Um, I don't know if it happened. I think it did, though, where on the stand, the prosecution asked Candy, like, was this your first time having an affair? She was like, yeah, it was my first affair. They were like, was it your last? (gasps) And she said no. She had been with another man after Alan, and they asked her his name, and she wouldn't give it. And they were like, well, why not? And she was like, I don't want to ruin his family. And, like, all of her friends are sitting in the courtroom and are like, holy fuck, was it my husband? Oh, my God. Um, like, <laughs> it was She really crazy. said, I'm not going to lie on the stand. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> but, like, Pat stayed by her side this whole time. Okay. Um... I loved the, the actor who played Pat was <laughs> just made him so cute. Um, the day after the murder happened, the next morning they're eating breakfast and it's so tense and so quiet. And you can tell Pat is like, oh my God, Alyssa's mom is dead. What the fuck do we do? And oh, yeah. Candy is like super nervous and like super shaky and stuff. And then Pat is like, did you know we're magnetic? And Pat. the kids are like, what? And he's like, we're magnetic. Like it has. And he's like, here, let me show you. Put a penny in your mouth. And he's like. He was like, how does it taste? And she was like, bad. And he's like, that's how you know it's real. Now stick it to your forehead. And it stayed because of saliva. But he was like, see? We're magnetic. <laughs> and all of the kids like, got a <laughs> kick out of it. And I was like, Pat, you stupid, adorable motherfucker. I loved Pat. That's so funny. Was, I I need to find. He was so good. The next little kid I see, I'm telling him we're magnetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but people, as she exits the courtroom, they were literally chanting murderer that's my thing even if it was self-defense there was obviously you know people go to jail for hitting people with cars accidentally mm-hmm. she killed someone mm-hmm. and there was obviously some rage involved mm-hmm. she hit her 40 48 times you do some time yeah you may <laughs> less time than murder maybe like premeditated murder okay it was out of it was an opportunistic kill yeah you still killed someone. Yeah. Um, Betty's father is quoted saying, quote, As far as I'm concerned, justice will be served. She has to live with it. I wouldn't say I'm happy with the verdict. We don't know what happened, and we never will know what happened. Yeah. But um, Patty, not Patty, Candy and Pat. <laughs> Patty. <laughs> That's their ship name. <laughs> um, they do relocate to Georgia. He stays with her for another four years before divorcing. Um, what are they divorce over? Don't know. We don't know where Candy is. She's still alive. Ugh, and she is a certified therapist and family counselor. No. In Georgia. No. Yep. Oh my god. Still alive. That's wild. Isn't it? 
Whatever happened, what happened to Alan? Um, so, the show did a good job of showing it, I think. Because, so, Betty dies. And then there's this woman who was, like, in the community. Her name was Elaine. Um, and some of these I know are facts. And some of these I think were a little fictionalized. But I don't know where the line is. Because okay. I couldn't really find much. Um, but he remarries really okay. quickly. Because he cannot raise a, a child. Yeah, he's got a baby. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know how to change a diaper, dude. Oh, my God. Like, he was struggling. And so this woman, who had been recently divorced herself and had no kids, started, like, coming over to help. Oh, um, and they kind of, like, kindle a relationship over that. Um, Okay. It was really interesting the way that the show decided to demonstrate that, too, because... So that happens, and the prosecution is, like, positive that Alan is going to blow the lid off this whole thing. Because Alan said that the reason the affair ended was because Candy was in love with him. Not true. Uh, um, and so they're on, he's on the stand and the prosecution asks him why the affair ended. And he says amicably. He, he they're like, he's, you told, you told law enforcement that it was because she was in love with you. And he said, I don't know why I said that. It, it, it ended on, we ended on good terms. Oh. And he was like, well, how do you think of Candace Montgomery? He's like, friendly. We're friends. I still don't think Candy could do it. Oh, so he mm-hmm. was saying, like... Either he didn't want to believe it, or he didn't or believe it. Or he really could have. Um, and that was how the show portrayed it, and I don't know if that's true. But I will say that they did stick pretty closely to, like, Candy's exact testimony. That's um, interesting. So I would assume they did the same for Alan's. Pat also was on the stand, um, and then, like, the sergeant. It was interesting, the way they decided to do it, because the prosecution was, like, there's, they have two options, and it's guilty or not guilty, and Uh one of the other guys was, like, well, she could argue self-defense, and he was, like, self-defense with a fucking axe 41 times? Good luck. And And they do. On the stand, like, the, her lawyer was, like, is there any proof that Betty didn't pick it up first? Oh, my God. And he was like, well, no. And they were like, I rest the witness. And then he walked away. Like, he and got it, w- it. It was their, it was their axe, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was in the house. Yeah. Betty knew where it was. It wasn't premeditated. Whatever happened in that house was not premeditated. And that's a fair point to make. Mm-hmm. I just think there's also nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, acquitted of everything. Yeah. Whether it was in self-defense she swung it until someone stopped moving yeah and now i get there's adrenaline and shock involved in that but i don't know where i lie yeah that's a weird line because we will never know the real story i also really really enjoyed the way that the show chose to portray that because even the prosecutor went up there and said we'll never know what really happened we have one version of events and even if we had bettys we still wouldn't know where the middle is no yeah and it the way that they do it, it cuts so, like, Betty is standing in the courtroom the whole time and is watching the trial. She doesn't say anything because we don't know her version. We don't know what happened. We don't even have a neighbor who might have heard something. It's just Betty standing in the courtroom staring at Candy on the stand. It's an empty courtroom. And oh, Candy is it's looking. it's like a, a nightmare version. Yeah, she's but she's, like, giving her testimony to Betty. And then when she's acquitted and everybody's, like, gasping, whatever, and getting up to leave, she says, you left my baby. She left my baby. Oh. And it's, like, it's, like, it's just enough. 
That that gets me. She didn't call there. Mm-hmm. That makes she tried to cover it up. She thought she could get away with it at mm-hmm. that point. So she knew she killed somebody. Yeah. And at first, the it was like she with, tried to clean up blood. She tried to clean up blood. She she chopped up her shoes. She was trying to cover her tracks at some point. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can argue she like she already had dug the grave, so she just kept digging deeper. Yeah. Like had. And, she realized she lied from the get-go and was like well now i can't turn around and say i did it now because then it just looks like i'm making something up and the version of the story that they kept reiterating it was in the articles um it was just interesting to hear in the show how many times she repeated it It was like i went over to betty's and we got to talking and then i left and went to target but i realized my watch had stopped so i didn't even get to go in like i had to go straight back to church because i was late was, like, the way she decided to play it. Like, no, I left Betty's, I went to Target, but I didn't get to go into the store because my watch was stopped, so I had to go straight back to church. So it explains that gap of time where she's changing, washing her clothes. Yeah. She's driving to Target and then not going in and yeah. driving to the church. It's a lot. Um, And the way I really enjoyed the show. And it has a lot of good reviews. I saw one article saying it was sexist. Um, don't I read it and I was like, how? Um, and I didn't I, really understand their points. But it was like a suburban housewife driven man. And I was like, but it's based off of a <laughs> a real case that did happen. Like this isn't fiction. Yeah. Um, and it happens pretty much to the T. Like almost exactly what happens with my even even the gaps. Even, like, one month later, three months later. Like, it it shows that it's a long time. That's, yeah. I, like, we'll never know what's true. So, it's one of yeah. those aggravating things where it's, like, it seems like there was a little bit more than just self-defense oh, yeah. involved. So, how does she get nothing? Yeah. But we, you know, maybe that's just how she handled the shock. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Awful. That's weird. No, yeah. Very interesting, though. Isn't it? And wasn't a straight white man. Wasn't a straight white man. There were some of them involved, but... Here, do you want to see her? Yeah. I don't know, like, my mental picture kept changing. But she's not... Like a, she's not ugly. Bitch, no internet my ass. But uh, the the lady they had playing her in the show looks almost just... It's really freaky. I hate that it's we keep an, having people look like... <laughs> it's another Zac Efron is Ted Bundy it's another ross lynch as jeffrey dahmer like oh what's her name um no this is love and death and she's played by elizabeth olsen that's not it um even the producer didn't believe the self-defense claim i just want to know bitch i just that's that's her um yeah that's not really her that's the actress oh okay what's what's her name what's her name what's her name jessica jessica beale okay i was like what the fuck is her name it's gonna kill me but jessica beale looks just like her it's kind of freaky oh wow yeah because that's jessica beale okay that's candy yeah i know with the curly hair Mm-hmm. Not fucking crazy. Yeah, and she's, like, she's so thin and, like, frail. Mm-hmm. You really get the, like, couldn't swing an axe vibe. Yeah. 
couldn't swing an axe vibe. And in the show, she's so fucking charismatic. It's like, it's hard not to like her. And, but it's like just That's enough. That's a of, serial killer thing though. It's just mm. enough undertone of like fake. Ew. Like she's nice, but it's fake. I, I don't, I can't get, like, let myself believe that it was fully self defense. No, it, it definitely wasn't. So, like, that's the aggravating part. Because no, yeah. she'll, she'll get nothing. I would have believed it if Candy had gotten hit once. Yeah, she had a couple of, like, yeah. smacks, but it could have been from Betty wrestling her. Like, yeah. how she said it was from her wrestling Betty. It so easily can be flipped. I do believe that Betty brought up the affair. Um, I do believe that that's what happened because why else would you fight? Yeah, I believe it was opportun- opportunistic. Yeah. But I don't think it was, I think it was more so of like, there mm-hmm. was a fight and then Candy grabbed an axe. Yeah. Instead but of. But the other thing though was like, because the, so the, the axe wasn't in the utility room. So it was like the utility room. And then there was a door from that that led into the living room, and then a door from that that led into the garage. The axe was in the garage. Oh, okay. So, like, the conflict happens in the utility room, but someone had had to go get the axe from the garage. That's so interesting. did Candy leave their conversation and go get this axe in not her house? Yeah, would she know where that is? Like, was she over enough? Right. Well, how close were her and Betty? Like, seems like what it wouldn't be that terribly close because mm-hmm. there was an affair going on so it's like i i almost believe like betty going to get it and trying to threaten her and maybe that intimidation part is true and then that made candy mad i don't know if i believed that betty was the one who picked it up again the second time yeah that that's what i'm saying she might have had that first intimidation like don't don't, I don't want to see you again, kind yeah. of thing. But, like, it, the weird thing to me, and it, it just felt so weird that I, like, I almost believe it. Like, the whole, like, holding the axe wrong, putting it down by the door. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get her towel. You get her swimsuit. Like, that weird little trough. Let's just get out the house. Yeah, that weird little, like, I just tried to threaten you with an axe, but now, like, go get her swimsuit and stuff. And, I mean, she did leave with the swimsuit and the towel mm. and the candy. Like, it was in her purse. And yeah. And she still took her to swim. Yeah. So, it was, like, I just don't know if I believe that it was Betty who picked it up the second time. Yeah. Like, but I do think Betty was the one to go get it because it was her house. And the layout of the way that Candy describes the fight makes sense. But Candy also had an excuse for everything. Yeah. So, like, did it really make sense or did she... Was she just that good of a liar? And, I mean, they made a pros-cons list for an affair. Yeah. She she could have... This could be way more premeditated than it seems. She might have had a pros-cons list for a while in her head. Mm-hmm. She seemed very, like, overthinky. Yeah. She she knew right away what to lie about mm-hmm. in her cover story. Yeah. She figured out how to get a cover story fast enough that it was believable for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Charismatic. You know, that's what they say about every serial killer. Was a nice person. Yeah. You wouldn't believe would have done this. And could talk their way out of it to almost convince you that they yeah. didn't. Mm. And meanwhile, like, Betty is described as the opposite. Like, drab. Like, yeah. Very, like, in it, the way that the show chose, you really should watch the show. It was good. Yeah, no, I, I leave nothing but glowing reviews. It's six episodes total. Okay. 
Um, I can do that. And each one's like 45 minutes. It's not. I have weekends off this summer. I did it (laughs) in a day. Um, But Betty's house, it's very dark. Her carpet is dark. Her wallpaper is dark. Her curtains are always drawn. Like she. An exhausted mom. A a perpetual frown. The baby is always crying. Meanwhile, Candy's house, the opposite. The windows are always open. Her yard is huge. It's super bright and fun. She's the church mom doing all the the events. She has the best party house, was what she said the whole show. Oh. And the way they contrast that was so interesting. That's such a, like, a southern thing. Yeah. I want to have a nice house so I can have all the the girlies over. Her got me the whole time. Like, I fucking loved Jessica Biel. Like, and then the guy who plays Alan is, um... You're going to recognize him as soon as I show you. Oh, God. I don't know what I would have seen him in recently. I don't know why he looked so familiar in that picture. Because he's porn stash. (laughs) But, no, yeah. The show was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, My favorite part of all of it was Pat. (laughs) I enjoyed every second he was on the screen. Um, The show made an interesting choice to have him figure out about the affair. That is interesting. Which was interesting. How did it, it just like, they kind of figured it out. So the way that they, yeah, so the way that they chose to do it was they had this like trunk of like all these like cards and memories and Polaroids and stuff. And Candy had looked in episode one when Pat's not paying attention to her. She goes, she puts some headphones on with a record player, listens to this song and goes through this trunk and finds all these cards from Pat to her talking about how much he loved her and all this stuff. And when Candy is away on a business trip, he does the same thing. Um, And he goes through, and he's, like, reminiscing, and he very clearly is madly in love with his wife. And he's missing, like, this bundle of cards. Mm -hmm. And he goes and starts digging around and finds them in Candy's underwear drawer. And he pulls them out, and he's opening them. It's a Father's Day card from Candy to him. There's a Mother's Day card from him to Candy. Um, it's very cute little messages, and then he finds this card that he doesn't recognize. And the episode ends. And at the beginning of the next episode, it starts with him on the stand. And you hear his testimony over, um, and it's like, so you found out your wife was having an affair, and your solution to that was to buy her flowers? And he said, yeah, I I blamed myself. And it comes in with Candy coming into the house, and he's sitting on the bed, the card is open next to him, and it's a message from Alan to Candy, and he's sitting there with, like, a bundle of roses looking like a puppy. Oh, no. No, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, super thrown. I was like, he didn't know, though. He didn't find out, I'm pretty sure, until, like, they're prepping for the trial. Oh, my God. If that's how you found out. But he was, like, such a cute man. <laughs> like, I wanted Pat to be happy. <laughs> Look, look at puppy his stupid man. little face. <laughs> look at his stupid little face. Um, but he... That's so funny. No, yeah, he's so cute. He was so charming throughout the whole show. I really liked Pat. That's funny that all of the people but Betty were, like, charming in the show. Yeah. That is interesting, the way they portray that. That the she show was makes... always, like, frowny, mm-hmm. he said. The show makes Alan look like a dick, also. Okay. Um, a huge dick. It's very, very, very cold, very, very, very aloof. And that wasn't how he was described in the book and some of the articles. So I don't get that choice. I feel like it was, like, to make him look more disconnected. Yeah. So it didn't, it looked less like his fault. Um, But there, dude, it 
And I was they also they gotta make drama. I can. also dude, I started crying when I saw it because like he so first he has to call Betty's parents to let him know like you're gonna find out on the news this that I did have an affair with her, and like over the phone Betty's parents are fucking screaming at him, and then on the day of the funeral, the family is walking in. First of all, they had shown up at the house. Um, Betty or not Betty, um, Candy and a few of the other women because, like, everybody was going to their house after the service, so they're loading up Alan's fridge with, like, food and stuff, and Christina is wearing a yellow dress, the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, fictional Christina, not her name, real name, her real name's Alyssa. Okay. Um, Christina is wearing this yellow dress, and they're like, you don't, you don't wear yellow to a funeral, that's not how we do these things, and she's screaming like her mom made it, and oh. she wants to wear it. Um, and it is so fucking sad, um, when they're walking in, Christina is, like, holding her grandmother, and she's like, it's okay, Grammy, it's gonna be okay, because she's sobbing, grandma's crying, Christina is sobbing, and they pass by the pew, and Candy's daughter is there, and she, like, walks up to her, and, like, hugs Christina. Oh, no. And Christina, like, because, you know, the the family sits in the front row. Mm-hmm. Christina, like, drags Candy's daughter with her. Aw. And Candy's daughter, like, walks with her, and they're holding each other the whole time. And she's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. No. Like, I was sobbing. I was like, <laughs> that is too much. I do not need to see a little girl cry because her mom is dead. Like, <laughs> I didn't need it. I didn't want it. <laughs> I wanted to look at stupid little Pat some more. <laughs> look at his face. <laughs> yeah, I know this picture you have pulled up is good. He's so cute. He's so cute. But, like, that's Ellen and Betty. Ellen, Betty, and the baby. Pat and Candy. Show me more Pat. <laughs> Show me Pat. Okay, fuck you too, I guess. Look at his little face. He's so cute. But yeah, that was Candy. That is crazy. I've never heard that. Really? Yeah, I know that's wild. I, I have somehow missed all of that. Isn't it fucking batshit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still know, like, I'm still, like, processing it. I'm definitely gonna watch the show, though. That's- you should. It was really good. And I don't, I don't usually like drama retelling yeah miniseries can have issues i prefer documentaries but this one was pretty fucking accurate like there there was minor inconsistencies i noticed and a lot of it was like they had to condense things you know it was the same thing with like uh steven stainer that i just mm -hmm. talked about they a lot of the world found out through that miniseries they did Mm -hmm. um and even the family had issues with it because they, like, flipped so much. Yeah. There's it, lots of issues arise when you change the story. Yeah. Because you make, like, they made the family into this, like, mess that it wasn't. Yeah. And that, like, the mom hated that part. She's like, we, you know, we were happy to have our son back, you know? Yeah. Like, we understood that he went through all that and we weren't fussing at him like mm-hmm. they show us in this movie. It's like, you, you make situations into what they're not and that can be harmful for the people. Yeah. At the aftermath of it all. And with this one, I don't know if they were able to contact Candy because she did change her name. But I know that they did talk to the the real Alan Gore. And I think they did really talk to Pat. Like, they, the actors didn't 
Um, Me. But the producers did. Yeah. And, like, got, not advice, but, like, consultant. Yeah. For, like, what, how we should play this, how this looked, how that felt. Like, and it, I don't know, it all just felt very real. And I think, like, one of the reviews I watched said that it was slow and that it dragged on. But I think that's why it felt so realistic. You weren't making it a fast-paced Hollywood. It wasn't right after the other. It did happen over the course of four years. Like, this was just as anxiety-inducing as it felt. And it did really last that long. Wild. Should we take an intermission? Yeah, let's do it. We can't say no anymore. (laughs) And intermission. Boo. Hello. And we're back. Nope. I have clothes on now. Not that I didn't before. They were just pajamas. These are real people clothes. Bye-bye clothes, as I like to call them. Bye-bye clothes, yeah. I have to go straight to work after this, y'all. I'm working an overnight shift. Blech. An overnight shift. But it's fine. Just say no. <laughs> it's with a bunch of my friends. And my boss is buying us pizza. So and you like, can wear PJs. Yeah, but I'm wearing jeans. But oh, well. Because I'm working a, a full shift. So, like, I'm working until midnight, yes. But I go in at 3. Yeah. So I'm going to be there for, like, a few hours while we're open. So I have to look presentable. <laughs> Just pack PJs. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I've done it before. How are you? I'm pretty good. How was your intermission? Good. I peed. Proud of you. Proud <laughs> that you didn't slip. Thank you. What have you got for me today? I'm trying to think of hints oh, to no. tell you. I should have wrote them it's down. It's a chupacabra. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to guess that every fucking time until it's the chupacabra. <laughs> what if I never do the chupacabra? And, please don't. Well, it's going to be like 50 years down the road. No, We're for some reason still doing the podcast. <laughs> because I can, On our deathbeds. I can promise you now. I make this promise to you that I will not do the chupacabra <laughs> just so that I have an excuse to continue to guess it. And I will every time. The chupacabra? No. The Jersey Devil? No. It's an other. Those were my other guesses. <laughs> I know. I was just like... The moon landing was fake. No, I almost did that, though. You know, I've... <laughs> I open conspiracies. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're just too much to, like, I read. immediately am, like... Dude, if I've had a long day at school and I start reading conspiracy, it hurts my brain. No, I like literally have to just go to bed. Like, oh, so the so the moonstone is petrified wood. Um, <laughs> and that's enough reading for today. And close the tab. Um, is it a conspiracy? Um, it, it's not like that kind of conspiracy. It can be pulled into conspiracy, but it's more of like a. That's what I'm. I'm trying to say it because it's so easy to give away. It's a concept. It's a thing that really happens. It's, um... Spontaneous human combustion. No. Locked room mysteries. No. Mm. That's fun, though. Fun idea. Hmm. Let me think. It's a thing that really happens. It's a concept that can be sometimes tied into conspiracy. People will get really mad when, like, they figure out it happened. Um. What? Yeah, it's a thing that really happens, and people can, like, turn it into conspiracy, but people just get aggravated with it anyway. I don't know. Subliminal messaging. Fun! Yeah, no, so I was trying to find, like, a 
big conspiracy with it because mm-hmm. I was going to make it like a super conspiracy thing. But they're just so like bland. <laughs> they're all yeah. like, uh, and then they tricked us into doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's just not how it works. Yeah. So I was just going to talk about it as a concept mm-hmm. because there's some really freaky ones that like were just real things that happened and they're better than the conspiracies. Yeah. Um, Wasn't there a Led Zeppelin one? Yeah. Is, is that the devil one? I didn't talk about that one specifically but there was a bunch of like heavy metal and rock music that came under fire for like a period of time yeah it was like a craze tell me everything before we jump into the stories though like normal i'm gonna go over like definitions fun stuff about it tell me the history i guess but not like the stories yeah yeah, the the, like sciencey stuff so first of all if you don't know I stumble over the word every time also, but subliminal messages, it's a tactic used in marketing that they get a certain reaction out of you without directly telling you to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to, to make you think that it was your idea. Yeah. It doesn't want to be like ordering you around to do something. Uh, it, that The theory is that you're more likely to do something if it's your idea. So mm-hmm. they try to control your ideas. Which carries. In the subconscious. Um Subliminal stimuli, this is from Wikipedia, it's it's a sensory stimuli, and it's below your threshold for conscious perception. Okay. So you can't perceive some of these without it, like, being spelled out, or, like, yeah. the audio slowed down, or it's played in reverse. Mm-hmm. Like, it's stuff Those are my favorite. that you have to, like, break apart a lot of times. The visual, one, visual ones are a little bit easier, mm-hmm. that once you see it, it's those things. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, and... There's many, many, many ways to go about subliminal messaging, uh, but there's three primary categories that, like, they there's kind of categories? fall under. Yeah, and then these are broken into their own, like, subcategories, but there's, like, three main ways to go about it. So, first off, we have backmasking, and this is when audio is played backwards <gasps> in the background of something that's going in the normal or forwards direction. Cranberry so, sauce. Yeah, like, backwards lines in a that song or in the... But- backgrounds and songs um the theory is that your brain tries to decode this puzzle like it understands Hmm. that there's backwards stuff happening and it's leaving you with the feeling of the message but you never perceive the message yeah so your brain is able to break it apart in the subconscious but you won't you can't feel it being broken apart like you you're not actively participating and figuring out what it says yeah but your brain does and re- like activates that stimulus whack uh which is super weird no literally <laughs> um, whack as hell uh so you don't even realize you're decoding something mm-hmm. most of the time with these but your brain's doing it but it's like how how can you anyway it's weird <laughs> how can you intake a message if you can't understand it? i i think i have the the statistic written somewhere in here but just in case i don't it's your like conscious brain yeah. handles one to seven, give or take a couple bits of information mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah, your subconscious brain is anywhere from two thousand to twenty thousand. I guess that makes sense. Bits though. of information at a time. Because it's like you don't. It's like well, you'll randomly remember something. Yeah, you won't even realize what stimuli made you remember that. Yeah, but your brain is figuring it out. Oh, that's a fucked up way to think about it. Yeah, like every time you. Oh, it's because you're stimulated to. Re- oh, I hate that. Every time you think of something, it's you- it's prompted. Yeah. That's you just crazy. don't know what's prompting it. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't like that. That's how these messages work. But it's like with backward shit. It's like if it was played in Spanish, would you be able to decode it? Like how can you 
Because it's in English. Right, but like how can you understand that if it's backwards? I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I've missed that. We've also talked about it on here. This is a little side tangent, but that's how like an Ouija board works. Yeah. Is your subconscious mind is is the ghost can control it is the theory there. Ghost but it's girlies. your your brain your subconscious brain works so fast and yeah. is stimulated by stuff that we don't even understand. Yeah. So why can't ghost stimulate it? So that's how an Ouija board works. Anyway, next category, Bullshit. we have sub-audible messages. This is when really quiet audio is played along with other audio. Mm. The, the message won't be like, or it will be so quiet that you won't actively listen to it ever. You can't like really hear it unless you like mess with the audio. Mm-hmm. It's so quiet that like consciously your brain feeds it out. Yeah. It's just like put away, doesn't deal with it. And it gets put into your subconscious. subconscious. So it's just like filtered out audio that the background noise figures out. Wow. <laughs> uh, so again, your brain figures it out, but you don't even realize it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and lastly, there is sub-visual messages where visual clues are left in ads, logos, commercials, or anything else that you look at. Um, it's usually small or quick or well-hidden or like funny. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like stuff that either you just don't notice it's so small and so meaningless it'll be colors colors Mm -hmm. like make responses that you won't even realize yeah it's stuff like that visual stuff that that you just kind of push to the wayside as nothing Mm -hmm. um some of them are a little bit more obvious and those are fun but (laughs) uh like the a, a big example is the amazon logo pointing from a to z it's something we just oh yeah the smile is pointed because they have everything from a to z interesting (laughs) it's stuff you don't like break that down in your day-to-day life though no it's also when you say it out loud it makes complete sense yeah and it's stuff like you also know that phrase yeah that phrase is something that your brain well like english speakers if you if you like work with the idioms and stuff from your little your brain that's second nature yeah so when you reading the word and it sees your subconscious sees a to z it's storing that away yeah and you never even realize (laughs) <laughs> my brain needs to stop doing shit without permission <laughs> we need to slow down brain another one is the tostitos the little guy sharing the chips in okay. their logo have you ever seen that pull it up real quick i thought you would have have seen that one because that one's people love to point that uh-huh. one out but just the tostitos logo look at the two t's above the eye they're sharing a chip over a bowl oh, of dip oh that's so cute so like they're friends friends and stuff yeah and it's stuff that you don't notice but when you think of a party chip you think of sharing tostitos <laughs> huh well i'll be damned <laughs> that looks like a butt it's the 31 for their 31 flavors Oh my god, it's the 31 for the 31 flavors. <laughs> Do you see the FedEx one? No, what's the FedEx one? The arrow. Oh, I hate that. Fuck Do FedEx. Do you see the animals in the tree? Yeah. Is that not on purpose? Yeah, it, but it's like, some people wouldn't even put it together. Some of them are obvious. There's an animal here. Or a person. I did not see that one. <laughs> what's Pinterest? I don't know. I haven't... Let's try to figure it out. I don't know. It's pointy. I don't get it. I don't get that one. I don't know Sony or Vizio. Hmm. But yeah, most logos have something like, I don't know. Yeah. Toblerone. 
all the little crazy. pictures in this. It like I don't know. Fun little fun little things. I don't they kept showing Pepsi and I didn't know what I was supposed to get from Pepsi. No, yeah. Um some of the logos are just like pictures yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. you could get a message from it, but I like the direct ones. Like the guy sharing chips is so funny to no, me. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this stuff works, and, and it, it's used all the time, like, in these logos. And these are a little bit more obvious. Mm-hmm. There are rules about them, too. Um, but there's stuff that – the fun stuff and where conspiracy kind of comes in is there's stuff that's way under the radar. Yeah. Like, the audio stuff especially, and hidden pictures in, like, ads instead of logos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's – I'm remembering the, the number nine, number nine, yeah. number nine from the Beatles – fucking hate that shit yeah that one pulled that so much well because when you play it backwards it's turn me on dead man turn me on dead man turn me on dead man it's awful because paul is dead (laughs) you know i was gonna do that conspiracy and then i was like this is like i almost did and i was like i have to let max do this because this is max territory (laughs) it (laughs) brings out a feral side of me but it's so visual it's so much of the album art and all this so like i don't think i can do it on the podcast i might be able it to play some of like yeah this the backward <laughs> stuff there but... is some stuff like i'm i might show you some more of them yes please we'll just have to share them in the discord when the episode comes yeah, yeah, out yeah. but i had to talk about it um but yeah your con your subconscious brain is literally always working even mm-hmm. in your sleep you can get stop stimulus to your subconscious it can make you feel happy sad hungry you name it you won't even realize why you're feeling that but, you know, like, suddenly you'll be sitting down and you're like, hmm, I'm pretty thirsty. You know, is it yeah. <laughs> is it your biology telling you that? Or did you see something on a commercial that you didn't even think would make you thirsty? Like those Cokes that are always moist. Yeah, <laughs> the condensation on the, the Cokes. There's a fun one. We'll talk about the condensation. Oh, yeah. Um, but people are also scared of it. No one wants to be controlled unknowingly. And there, there are laws in place against some subliminal meshing tactics uh, because people are so scared of it. It's, it's interesting to note that it's outlawed in some places, <laughs> but not in America because America is based on consumerism. Yeah. So tactics that help consumerism aren't going to be fully outlawed. Yeah. So we do have subliminal messaging here. It is, there is certain stuff that can't be on TV and and stuff like that, or you'll get in trouble if it's in your music, and Mm. more on that later, but (laughs) we do have rules, but it's not outlawed like other areas, which I think is funny. That's crazy. We're just the the old, the out the west. But we're dying. (laughs) (laughs) Half of our food is toxic. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the fun part, the history, the examples. Please. So, we first see, like, a lot of these modern tactics as we're going to talk about them after World War II, mm-hmm. which is most modern things yeah, yeah, <laughs> happen yeah. after World War II, just because that's how time works. But everyone also saw how well propaganda worked yep. into getting people to do things. So, people got interested in, like, how can we bring that into the everyday life? Mm-hmm. So, one of the first uses or, like, studies into the tactics of subliminal messaging was in 1957. So, a little bit after World War II, this guy kind of makes this it's kind of elaborate little study. Okay kind of out of nowhere his name was james vickery cool Uh, he puts messages into movies okay and these two messages are hungry eat popcorn i've we talked about this one in my marketing class and drink (laughs) coca-cola so very very clear Mm -hmm. in what he wants you to do subliminally but uh the kicker is that they only appear for less than a frame yeah on these 
shows it was the picnic if you're interested Mm -hmm. um or picnic i don't think there's a the in the title uh but yeah he allegedly saw higher sales popcorn was sold like had 57 percent higher sales and coca-cola was like 18 point something Mm -hmm. higher sales now this later came out that he fudged these numbers yeah it was a hoax but there have been like repeats of a similar study mm-hmm. where we do know subliminal messaging of like kind of that same vein work. Yeah. Um, but his specifically, like this first big one, came out that it was a lie. Yeah. Just to put that out there. I saw one in my marketing class. He was like, "Yeah, he didn't even put the messages in there. He just lied." Yeah, there was there is some like how much of it was a right. lie or how a much trick? Of this dude just and- fucking make up. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one that someone starts making stuff, or it's believed that someone starts making up, but again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the later fun ones. Uh, but it does work. Just not, like, as brainwashy yeah, as yeah. something like that nature. Uh, it, it, it can't make you do something outlandish or make you do something that you weren't already, like, wasn't already normal. Yeah. So. Like, worship the devil. It won't change. Yeah. <laughs> it won't change your choice of drink. No, it won't change if you're, you're, no, I worded that weird. Um, it can change your choice of drink when you're thirsty, but it, like, a pre-existing desire kind yeah. of has to be there. So you're thirsty, you just might not realize you're thirsty, and mm-hmm. you see this drink, and you're like, I'm super thirsty, and I want a Coke. Yeah. Uh, so stuff like that. It, it, if you were, like, so, like, satisfied did not need to drink mm-hmm. seeing a drink is going to work a lot less on you it's not yeah. like i suddenly have to have a coca-cola or mm-hmm. i will die um some of the people feel like it can be brainwashing like that that it can yeah. make you vote a certain way or worship the devil worship the devil um uh he was a cool dude leave him alone but it's a little less I didn't like mean that. that that was a joke <laughs> so I say some dumb shit on this podcast <laughs> a kind of recreation of james his investigation comes about okay and instead of like these slogans he had in there they inserted a dozen frames of coca-cola cans and uh, like the word thirsty and like stuff like that where are like they're holding drinks that look really good yeah in in an episode of the simpsons okay and so a group of them were shown the normal episode and a group was shown these the episode with the subliminal messages okay. in it. Um, participants reported being, on, on average, 27% thirstier mm. after viewing the the subliminal message. Interesting. Whereas the control group was slightly less, like, slightly more thirsty afterwards. So it was a much higher thirst mm-hmm. having these pictures, like, flashed at you. They didn't even realize the pictures were in there yeah. kind of thing. But it did show... Uh, it wasn't 57% or yeah. anything, but there it did work. Yeah. And so, That's it crazy. like, yeah, that I like that works. one that they redid the experiment and didn't lie about it and it worked anyway. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. like, he should have just done the experiment. Yeah. Man should have just ran it instead of fucking um, lying. There was a similar experiment uh, given to, again, like a control group and a group shown subliminal okay. of like uh, the iced tea brand Lipton. Okay. During a computer test, they were like taking a little quiz. And an image would flash, like, part of the way through this quiz. And then uh, they would choose that drink over other beverages in the end. Most of the time. At the end, they'd get offered a drink and they'd choose the tea. I would always want to. But only if they were already thirsty. 
Oh. It, it was showing that it doesn't make you thirsty so much. It just changes your choice yeah. out of the options. So your desire or like need or want has to be there. It's not going to go make you buy a watch. It might change what brand of watch you get. Gotcha. Kind of thing. Um, and that can differ from person to person. Yeah. It might make you a little bit more thirsty. Might not. Might make you it, more aware that you're, you were thirsty in the first place. Yeah. So there can be discrepancies in that. But from the studies done, it seems more so to, like, persuade existing desires. Cool. Kind of thing. Uh, the scary part is despite, like, the... the <laughs> despite any, like, study showing that it's super good at controlling people, people still try. And people are always getting caught trying to put subliminal things into <laughs> places, even though it's not even the best tactic into persuading people. Yeah. And people get angry over that because they don't want to be pers- They'd rather be like, see a commercial telling you to get Coke than be tricked into thinking about Coke without even noticing it. Which makes sense. It takes away your free will at yeah, some point. Yeah. And that's scary. So it's kind of weird that people just keep trying <laughs> just in case it works. Just in case it works. Um. Yeah, and like I said, it's banned in most countries, which I think is so funny. Like, <laughs> I think it's funny that it's not here. Yeah, because it helps consumerism no, literally. and capitalism to control the masses buying things. We love late-stage capitalism. Let's go, girlies. Okay. Subliminal girlies is the <laughs> name of this week's episode. Subliminally cottagecore. Subliminally Cottagecore is the name of this week's episode. Emily, that was a good one. Why didn't you say it after? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to condition you. I'm going to subliminally trick you into finally participating into the... That's the name of this week's episode. (laughs) We should make... When we do, like, a TikTok for this episode, have a subliminal message in it. Oh, yeah. Like, flash an image somewhere. And it's going to happen right now. Or did it? Or did it? (laughs) I'm going to make two. (laughs) And then, like, the pinned comment is going to be, did you catch it? (laughs) It's going to drive everyone insane. Yeah, there is no message. Tell me what the message was right now. Tell me what it was. (laughs) What was it? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? What kind of drink do you want? (laughs) (laughs) We're assholes. (laughs) We're gaslighting the masses, and we're going to get taken down. It's not gaslighting. It's subliminal control. Get it right. (laughs) That's the name of this week. It's not gaslighting, it's subliminal control. Anyway, we're going to get into the examples, the fun part. (laughs) Or it's subliminal control, get it right. Oh, there's also something I want to talk about. There's emotions that are stronger than others, at least in the sense of controlling people. Okay. And the ones that people settle on is power and, like, sexual arousal. Whack. If you can get something, like, almost attracted to your product without them even knowing... That's a strong urge. Like, not yeah. not just an emotion. There's urges that come with sexual arousal. Gross. So, to associate your product with, like, that vibe. The vibes. <laughs> you can persuade people pretty strongly. It also happens with, like, needs, like thirst and yeah. stuff. That's a desire that's almost always there. So, to control that choice is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Another one is power. People like to feel powerful or wealthy. So, mm-hmm. to associate your brand with power yeah. or wealth is a great way to increase people being attracted to your product. All I'm playing in my head is the Johnny Depp Dior ad with him in the desert with the wolves and the electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, he's powerful and sexy. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, like cologne especially. Well, like, yeah. it's always pretty people doing pretty people things. Or a businessman at a table. 
or cars is always them doing these wild things in cars that nobody does they're like running from dragons or something like i don't know they're always wild but then subconsciously you're looking for a car and you're like you know that car looked pretty sick in that commercial (laughs) when you would never be in that situation no yeah you're not they're all that that's why like so many people make fun of how wacky commercials are yeah a lot of it's on purpose to get you to feel something you wouldn't normally feel towards that product yeah and it's like but it's like all that shit with like every beer commercial every cologne commercial it's always a guy an old white man with salt and pepper hair in a fucking bar like yeah. doing business you want that wise old man who's super manly and why like, is that what's appealing to men <laughs> they want to be that old grandpa who's got the cool stories no they want to be that dude at the bar with the salt and pepper hair but and a think of stick. like pinup culture yeah coca-cola especially always had them hot ladies holding the coca-cola bottle and it worked i am no better than a man <laughs> no i'm I, no better than a man i will every time i drink coke i'm like i want that like futurism yeah old style coca-cola commercial i'm no better than a man <laughs> okay first one talk about 1970s bless just like we were talking about yeah it's always alcohol yeah it's always the alcohol brands namely in this one it's gilby gin what the fuck which is isn't that? a name you normally recognize but during this time got a lot of publicity for this stunt they tried to pull fun <laughs> um no publicity so bad publicity it's I guess. a poster with the bottle it's a pretty standard like poster you'd see advertising an alcoholic drink okay or like a bottle of liquor so it's the bottle and like next to it is a stack of ice cubes and it's like got okay. all the condensation on it it Sexy. looks very thirst is there something in the ice cube oh yeah I think I know what this is. <laughs> yeah, this one's pretty famous. Uh, but in the stack of ice cubes, if you look at it, each contain a letter. And it spells out sex. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember, was it words or a naked woman? No, like, no, no. This one just says sex. <laughs> They're not even covert about it. They just want you to think of sex when you think of their drink. I um, hate that. And it had to, like, get taken down and stuff because people caught on, like, way too quick. And they're like, hey, um... <laughs> It just says sex in the ice, and they're like, yeah, we're trying to trick you into buying our drink. I'm looking it up, guys. Yeah, no, it's so easy to see, especially once you see it. Where's the ice in the, like, drink? Yeah. Do you see the word? Yes. (laughs) It's so easy. And, like, if no one had told me it said it, I probably wouldn't have looked that hard for it. But No, but it is just there. But once you see it, it's so obvious that it says sex. Like, it's not even good. That's, it's not covert. That is straight up an E. No, yeah. The S is so curvy. Like, it's just an S. That's not how ice looks. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like weird lighting, and it just says sex. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. So, yeah, they had to stop running the ad. Uh, they thought, you know, it's the thing. If you associate sex with their brand, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, if I drink that, I'm going to have sex. That's what your subconscious... Right now. You know, your subconscious brain is working with the so bottle. fast. Sometimes it makes jumps of logic and so it's all sex and was like "Mm, drink leads to sex (laughs) and i'm a brain and that's what my primal need is i'm a brain Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and i'm a brain like i think it's so interesting though that like it's not they're not trying to associate it with you wanting to drink it no sex has nothing to do with (laughs) drinking It's not like drink this and you'll get but super But arousal sloshed. is such a strong like controlling factor yeah. with your instincts and stuff 
that it works to yeah. like even though they're not associated by any leap of logic to make them associated to force no, them to yeah. be associated even in the background is enough yeah. that's how like strong that urge is which is so weird i don't like that they can play on each other no yeah anyway coca-cola had uh <laughs> there's a couple with coca-cola yeah. they always try to subliminally get people we've already <laughs> talked about them like a couple of times no yeah yeah, yeah. but this one's fun. they're here in they're here to make a problem <laughs> no coca-cola is here and they're making it everyone else's problem yes yeah like, but it tastes good so it's so I fucking good that's that just much. a crack they really like, came out and it had coke in it though no yeah so like it just was crack no literally <laughs> i did a um my one of my professors in school was like i'll give you bonus points if you participate in my kids science fair project and we were like okay like but it was a bunch of college kids and what he had us do was there were all these unlabeled cups and we had to name which one was great value and which one was name brand and i was the only one that got the coke right i was like it hurts yeah real coke hurts dr pepper hurts Hurts. if it doesn't hurt going down it's not real yeah (laughs) like it has to feel like glass it has to feel like there might still be coke in it (laughs) Oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> That's a TikTok. Like, anyway. <laughs> there was an ad with uh, what was described in all the articles as a very sexual scene depicted in one of the ice cubes. Yeah. It looked like someone was going to suck someone's dick. Pop off In coke. the ice cube. <laughs> in the ice cube. <laughs> people eventually, ca- it's unmistakably that also. Like, it mm-hmm. just is that. Um, when people caught on, Coke, they, Coca-Cola, they eventually... Not eventually. They came out at first and they're like, it was an accident, we think. But people were like accusing them like, oh, you're trying to do this thing that the gin did. You're trying to make us associate sex with your drink. Um, And they were like, no, we're not. We didn't subliminally do that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just like a Coca-Cola ice cube or Coke. (laughs) Why would you? I didn't think that that was what was gonna happen. <laughs> Coca-Cola Ice Cube or Coca-Cola Subliminal Messaging. I we'll bring it up. That. Yeah, that was bad. I thought that shit wasn't supposed to pop up on Google Images. <laughs> what? That was straight up a dick. <laughs> Look in the Ice Cube right here. Oh, yeah. No, that's just a penis. So, people were accusing them of trying to, like, do the same subliminal thing. But, it turns out, (laughs) turns out that they (laughs) were not trying to subliminally message people. And an artist left that in there as a joke. And it came out that, like, people thought they were trying to be subliminally messaged. You know, it hurts Coke's reputation to do that. So the guy, like, winds up getting fired no. and sued by Coca-Cola for putting that image on the ad. They had to recall all, like, the posters. It was on trucks. That's actually how it got found out. Someone driving behind the truck and the image was blown up. So you could kind of make it out much No, yeah, clearer. like, it was, yeah. And so they got in a lot of trouble. But that was a fun one where they thought it was subliminal messaging. And it wasn't. It was someone trying to be clever. Sorry, I'm now Googling why NSFW shit just popped up on my Google images. That was just a dick. <laughs> yeah, it was. Why did that happen? Because you looked up. <laughs> I looked up Coca-Cola dick-sucking ad, and the first thing that popped up was someone sucking a dick. I was like, why is that on my Google images? I thought Google images was safe. 
I thought they didn't show nudity. I think they just do. I'm gonna have to go. But it has that. to be. It has to be super like pointed. It has to be in like how you had the word dick sucking. <laughs> yeah, it has to be like. I'm super obvious that that's what you're trying to get to. I will but... be turning on my safe search options for the first time in history. I hated that. <laughs> that was. That was... <laughs> I saw you type it and I was like, this either goes so right or so wrong. <laughs> I I thought it would know what I wanted. <laughs> that wasn't it. <laughs> I podcast you're listening to this in real time <laughs> another thing it popped up when you looked looked up the coca-cola stuff not the first time but the second time with the more refined search was that the um, condensation on the top it looked like a curvy lady laying on the top with her hair like flowing over the side do you want me to pull it up again well yeah just don't search the first thing yeah i'm just gonna look first picture first picture Oh, no, I see it. Yeah, and so people were like, uh, Coke, second subliminal messaging that you're doing. Coke. What's that about? Um, so that one's fun. I, like, that one's a little, like, less so, in my opinion. But it does, like, once someone says it, it does just look like that. It does yeah. look like it's trying to make you think of a lady laying there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the second one with Coke. Yet another example, I... <laughs> think this one's so funny but it's again with the word sex um okay it comes from sfx magazine okay where so that's the like special effects in hollywood they talk about like how movies are made how stuff is filmed how they like do some of these crazy special effects that you wouldn't yeah. even think of because some stuff you think is cgi and it's not fully cgi and they go into a lot of detail they cover like the cool makeup they have to do super interesting stuff yeah uh, but a lot of times on the cover, they'll, like, position it so where the bottom of the F is covered, so it looks like it says sex, but the bottom part of the E is covered. So your brain reads it as sex first, and then, oh, and it's then SFX. It's, oh, gotcha. So it's a split That's second. clever. It's a split second of where you read the word sex. That one's clever. <laughs> um, but I, I think that is super funny also. Because it just makes you accidentally read sex. <laughs> they really are just like, I know what I'm going to get you to do. What are you, what are you? I'm trying to block the explicit shit. That was, that was So they were one. subliminably trying to make you read the word sex first. Yeah, and, and so it'll, it's on more than one of their covers where someone's like head isn't like, it's just right at where the F is. So it looks like it might say sex and you're like, oh no, it's just SFX magazine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so funny. I mean, use what you've got. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that one's the best one I've heard so far. <laughs> yeah. It's not a person literally sucking dick. Yeah, that ice cube one's kind of crazy. No, but literally. It wasn't them trying to subliminally message people. It was just him, dude, who thought he was funny. And, and it also was funny. The world came crashing in on him. That poor man. When they put it on a truck. He needs a feature film. <laughs> <laughs> the story of how I ruined Google. Uh, So, another not one Google. in 1970, which I guess they were like popping off in 1970 with it, mm -hmm. is our first like crazy one. And now, this one wasn't to trick you into buying something. Okay. This is a more, like, closed-in story. Okay. It wasn't, like, consumer-based, but it was trying to use subliminal messaging. So, in 1974, there was a string of killings oh. that were being attributed to a man known as the BTK killer. 
blind torture kill yeah uh yeah i don't know if you you've probably heard of him but well yeah it's btk but i've never researched the btk killer yeah he i didn't like that he had an acronym for a name yeah they they really i did not trust him (laughs) okay they the the killings though they start on january 14th when joseph otero i think how you say his last name his house is broken into okay joseph is then strangled with a plastic bag Mm -hmm. his wife with a rope their son with another plastic bag and their daughter was hung from the drain pipe so it was a bunch of stranglings um this very obviously brutal killing but the police didn't have much to work with in terms Mm -hmm. of a suspect they had no leads and there was no activity from the killer for a while months go by and so in april another killing happens it's april 4th a 21-year-old woman was killed in her home by being stabbed 11 times. Jesus Christ. The killer... Overkill. Yeah. The, the killer, then they don't get leads again, so the killer starts to taunt the police by sending messages. Yeah. And he would leave these, like, mail them to the police or leave them at the police station. And then he started, like, leaving them in library books. So people started finding them when they were checking books out of you know, the that's, library. That's what I remember. Yeah, it was like um, people were finding all this shit. And I'm sure we'll circle back and talk, give him his own little... There's some more interesting stuff that happens in the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we might cover him one day. Oh, but yeah. this is the Spark Notes version. Uh, the police get desperate to catch the man, though. They, they, were, they were being mocked. Yeah. And that's, like, usually a thing. If you start, like, making the police look foolish they're like get super agitated and they'll and try do their job more des- yeah they, they stop with the incompetence huh seems like that's an issue who would anyway thought? uh but they hatch a scheme to try to like figure this out because they have nothing so they conduct this like interview or report there's like different people they're talking with they're reporting on the killings they're saying what they know so far they're asking if anyone knows any information to call and that's on TV. It airs on TV on this local network in the area where this was happening. Um, and in this segment, they placed a single frame that it had, it was a white background and it contained two things. A short message uh, that said, call the chief mm-hmm. and a pair of glasses hmm. on the, and like in the center of the image. These glasses were at the woman's house on the dresser when he had broken in to kill her. And the goal was to make the killer remorseful of what he did and, like, subconsciously feel guilt enough to turn himself in. That's interesting. It didn't work. (laughs) He was eventually caught in 2005, though, but it's creepy that they tried. No, yeah, yeah, Like, they just started airing that on the news. Like, like, could it work? Could, yeah. They were desperate to try anything. So they tried to subliminally make him turn himself in. No, yeah. Which I just thought was super interesting another one another popular one that kept popping up in my research uh it's less like conspiracy e but it and also more like an easter egg but the costume director for game of thrones which i have not watched so no, i wasn't same. gonna like and we'll never watch say what character did Yucky. what but they their costume director was super clever and they hinted at a lot of stuff that was going to happen later in the show mm-hmm. that already happened in the show that was happening currently in the show within the costumes like how of people the one uh like the biggest one was that during a marriage of some character from one family to the other, there that 
her family's her family symbol was like being enveloped by the other symbol mm. but it was very hard to, it was just like within the patterns of her wedding dress wow super hard to see but when it's pointed out you're like oh yeah that is what that looks like interesting um, and it was also like the colors of dresses her same character her dress was like her clothes were getting more and more red, which is mm. the other family's color, to, gotcha. like, symbolize she was becoming more of them. Yeah. And it'll also hint at, like, I know less about these, but, like, people that died, you could, if you look back, there's, like, foreshadowing for mm-hmm. it. So people were, like, subliminally were trying to, like, tell you the plot. That's more of an Easter egg, in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. super interesting that it, it also, like, kept popping up because yeah. Game, Game of Thrones is so popular. Yeah. Um, But there's fun stuff like that. That's pretty much... It's just fun. It's Easter eggs. Yeah. There's no message they're trying to make you feel. But I guess you guess the plot faster, so. It's cool. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Back to the products, though. Trying yes, to convince please. you to buy them. Marlboro pulled a pretty cool stunt. You know, cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after the media began bashing cigarette bans. Our cigarette commercials on TV, they felt like they were targeting children. Mm-hmm. Kind of like vapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they're all, like, fun flavors now. Yeah. And they, like, try to show it off as this cool thing. Similar stuff. There was, like, cowboys and all the ads. And it it was tra- it made you look cool as Cowboy a kid. smoke. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. It, you know, it was trying to tell young boys that, like, manly men smoked. And all the little boys wanted to be these manly cowboys. Because cowboys were cool. Stuff like that. Yeah. Cowboys are cool. So... But they start getting in a lot of trouble because they kind of are obviously targeting children <laughs> at some point. Uh, and a bad fl- influence overall. Stuff is coming about, about like, more so about the uh, health. Yeah. How it how it's not good for you, in case you didn't know. <laughs> but, in case uh, you were out of the loop that cigarettes cause cancer. So they start banning ads for them on TV. So they start endorsing sports teams to get yeah. their logos on jerseys and stuff. Well this gets kicked out too mm-hmm. they they like cut it off except in formula one racing for a little while okay but it gets so extreme that these cars would be like covered in only cigarette ads wow which people would because that's like the only thing they can endorse now to get their logo somewhere yeah so there'd be huge ads most of the car would be like the one logo of the one cigarette brand wow or like big big logos on their jerseys so people are getting mad they don't want to be associated with the thing that's like getting a negative light in all of media so it gets kicked out to have the logo on the car you can have like a name i think was fine but Mm -hmm. you couldn't have a recognizable logo or you could do something else that, like, was related to you, but didn't directly point to you. Yeah. It, there was weird rules that come about. So, they, like, they want to still get out there, though. They still want to get their logos out there. So, they, they get tricky with it, and I thought it was really interesting. So, Marlboro, they create a new image to be displayed on the cars okay. that kind of, like, fits within these rules a little bit. Um it it looks just like a barcode it's like a colorful barcode almost it has no words on it no picture okay uh but when the cars are zoom zooming around the track the barcode would blur and it would look like a blurry logo no it looked the same way the logo did when the motion blur happened so in your mind it was like you couldn't mistake it it was the logo but when it was stopped it looked nothing like the logo I don't know what to Google to find this. I would like a barcode. Everywhere called it a... It looks just like a barcode. 
Right. Oh, that first image shows it. Oh, that second image, sorry. This one? This one? Yeah. You see how, like, when it stopped, it looks like blurry text. Yeah. And a, it's got a red top and the space in the middle. So when they're going fast enough, it just look. You see it's on the fin of that car. Mm-hmm. That would look so much like the logo. It just did what they wanted it to do. That's crazy. Um, That's sick. That's tricky that's no, like so clever but that's so clever you gotta let them have it <laughs> no they eventually ruled it out that it was too close to the logo they like caught on eventually and like hey and they were like no we're not trying to do that we just like we put our colors in a barcode we thought it was cool they tried to like play it off that it wasn't on purpose leave them alone that who whatever intern came up with that fucking shit dude the bone is whoever came up with that whatever well, yeah. they got oh they deserved more that's so that, clever it was and, like, it works. So, literally, yeah. people would be like, oh, that car is endorsed by Marlboro. Because up to that point, the cars were covered in it. Yeah. So, if you watched racing a lot, you were used to seeing that logo. Yeah. So, when that logo was blurry on a car, you thought nothing of it. But your subconscious yeah. stored it away as that was the ca- the brand on the car. And so, when you went to the store to buy your cigarettes, you'd be like, oh, I want the Marlboro Reds. one. Yeah. And I... Marlboro that's Reds. so clever. No, that's so fucking clever. Um, I love that. <laughs> That, no, yeah. Good for you, Marlboro. Marlboro. Mar- <laughs> Thinking. Mar- that's big brain plays. No, yeah, literally. Y'all deserved that ad. Back to TV. In 2005, specifically on March 5th, an episode of uh, the cooking show Iron Chef Ooh. was airing. The show was very popular, Ooh. especially at the time, had many regular, like millions of viewers would tune in. Because it was so good. It's a good show. It's fun. Uh, Not anyway. better than Chopped, though. <laughs> just want to put that out there anyway during that night's episode viewers noticed that like something appeared for a split second you had to be super like right place right time to notice it it's less than a frame flashes on the screen and people started to notice though it's the mcdonald's logo (gasps) that was flashing on the screen uh like halfway through the episode and it was iron chef super hard to notice the audacity but people started to figure it out and people began speculating that mcdonald's had done this to make people especially kids that were watching it suddenly crave mcdonald's because the cooking show was already making you hungry yeah so like oh go to mcdonald's and get fast food it's trying to manipulate your choice yeah it's trying to show's making you hungry yeah Oh, my God. Uh, Both Iron Chef and McDonald's denied making the subliminal ad and claimed it was a technical error. Lies. It's strange, though. It no, like, it's a, a perfect flash. Also, the video that everyone kept tag like, linking in articles about this one was, like, deleted. But I did find another video that had it. Okay. So, maybe McDonald's was trying to cover it up, but that's my because own conspiracy they did theory. No, that, like, that just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen happen accidentally. That's like, not a technical error that just happens. It was, like, a fraction of a second. Yeah. It wasn't something, like, accidentally, like, overplayed something. It was, like, perfectly timed. No, yeah. And people wanted mcdonald's now no yeah Yeah. i want mcdonald's now (laughs) just hearing it oh my god i was so hungry during this research because i would watch (laughs) the little videos of the subliminal (laughs) message like it was just working on me i had to go get snacks and stuff the fact that it was working on you and it wasn't even subliminal i went and got a coke (laughs) from the back fridge in my house i was like i need a coca-cola right now (laughs) i never want soda it's working it was working and i was aware of it like (laughs) it wasn't even my subconscious i was just consciously being tricked (laughs) oh yeah 
That's funny. That's funny. Another huge story. This one a little bit more intense. Uh, in 1985, two men were listening to heavy metal. They were also drinking and smoking weed. They were pretty intoxicated. Good for them. Uh, but they were just kind of like hanging out, being crossed, listening to heavy metal. They suddenly decide, you know, to their family, it's very sudden. They decide they want to go to the nearby playground. And sadly, they end up killing themselves here. Uh, it's a very tragic death. They're intoxicated. And they had brought uh, a weapon that was in the house with them. Mm-hmm. And it was very spur of the moment. Like, people, their family thought nothing like that would ever happen yeah. to these two people. They weren't, like, no big event had happened in their lives. They seemed happy. They were jamming out in the basement. And all of a sudden, like, went and did this. Mm-hmm. It seemed very random. Well, their families eventually come together. Uh, and they tried to sue CBS Records for $6.2 million in 1985 money. Oh, my God. Which would be more than $14 million today. Pop off. Um, they believed that the two men had just listened to a Judas Priest cover of the Spooky Tooth song, Better By You, Better Than Me. Okay. I listened to the song. I'll say it in a minute. <laughs> they believed <laughs> I the, to the song. <laughs> they believed the song contained a subliminal message of the phrase "do it." It was like circulating at the time. There's this theory that like part of it was this. I don't remember if this one was played backwards. It said "do it." I listened to the song and I couldn't hear any subliminal messages. But that that's but how they work. Like, yeah. <laughs> but there was a huge theory coming about, and they figured out that they had just listened to the song, so it kind of coincided with this theory and like scare that was happening at the time so they tried to sue over it um they were also really intoxicated so their brains might have picked up on it as more of a conscious idea yeah like didn't keep it pushed into the subconscious so it might have the phrase do it can kind of convince that's very you know Mm -hmm. associated with that kind of thing so they were like it was so clear to them in their intoxicated brains that it was this song's fault kind of thing weird uh the suit eventually fell through but it led to like a a even more of a scare so after this artist like ozzy osbourne had to like on the stand defend their music yeah for having like phrases in it or parts that when you play back backwards said something and even if it was just to like fit the vibe of heavy metal they were like at this point led zeppelin there was another band that everyone kept naming but i forget the name but wasn't the big one it was like i don't even remember what they said it was but it was something backwards and it was like about the devil yeah there were so many examples i believe the devil was led zeppelin but like the beatles kept popping up because they have a lot of backwards stuff in their song okay the beatles paul mccartney is dead and was replaced by a body double and i (laughs) can defend it can't do it on the podcast this is like you know that tiktok that's like what is one thing you could talk about unprompted for like 10 minutes this is mine i could run a ted talk on this like please do but like the the backward shit is insane it is no. insane literally would just say paul is dead why <laughs> why did you do that ringo like <laughs> and especially with heavy metal where themes like death death and killing people or killing yourself or demons and stuff like that is used as like the motifs of it's like it. the aesthetic yeah aesthetic yeah <laughs> you know if they had a tumblr blog it'd be full of that stuff <laughs> it's <laughs> i hate you it's like part of it so then they started getting under fire they're like you can't have this and like that's the whole thing man dude that's the vibe that's the music <laughs> if we get rid of it we have no song <laughs> like what do you mean i can't say the devil so it was a blah, huge blah, blah, blah. thing it like, eventually fell off but like at the time especially after the tragic events it was like yeah someone like it 
It was a big thing. Uh, in love to see it. In 2000, we see subliminals used in political commercials. Fuck off. This is one of the biggest examples of it. During the time Al Gore and George W. Bush are fighting for the presidency. Cool. During the fight, Gore suddenly accuses his opponent of placing a subliminal message of the word rats in one of their, like, campaigning commercials. Okay. So rats yeah so (laughs) i feel called out they're talking about gore's like health care plan and all of a sudden the word rats pops on the screen right before like a sentence pops up with the word bureaucrats so they were like trying when they got called out they were trying to blame it oh rats is just at the end of the word we were trying to do like weird tech stuff okay but what al gore was saying he's like you're talking about my health care plan and you're trying to associate it with the word rats because rats are dirty and spread disease. Gotcha. And so he's saying, like, to flash the word rats puts a very bad image with some, a healthcare, which you don't want. Yeah. Um, it's like, we don't got rats. <laughs> like, you're, you're associating something that's not true. So it's like slander almost is mm-hmm. the kind of point they were trying to make by calling them out with it. Uh, you can just see it. It flashes the word rats. <laughs> Like it's, it's not subliminal. And none of the other text does, like, what they were trying to say. Oh, it was just, like, an editing thing. None of the other visuals do that. It just flashes the word rats. That's funny. Um, it's They're, re- like, we're, you not, can't we're doing it. subliminals wrong. <laughs> it's not even subliminal. It's just a word on a screen. <laughs> yeah, no, it's red. <laughs> red. It's fast, but when you're looking for it, it's big. And that, mm-hmm. that's where it, like, goes wrong is... It's all of a sudden this huge word that's easy for your brain to read is on the screen. Yeah. And even if it's a split second, you, your conscious you brain can tell can it says it. rats. Yeah. Um, another pretty famous example, a board game called Husker Do. <laughs> what a fun name. Got, uh, it was a very popular game, like, back in the day. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I've <laughs> never real. heard of this. Uh, but apparently, there's also a band named after it. Okay. Didn't know that either. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Is this fiction? They got in a lot of trouble, though. They started running ads that flashed for less than a frame. All it said on it was, get it. But like, get the game. Oh. Get it. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, so, the public eventually caught on, and they became angry. They were, like, super mad. So, the, the like, People who make television laws had yeah. to get involved. I don't know why I wrote it down. FCC. Yeah. They got involved and, like, said, hey, you have to take this off. And some of the rules that we now have were put in place because of that ad. Because it literally, it just said get it on yeah. it to try to it convince wasn't even you to buy to... the game. No, it yeah. wasn't sly. It wasn't trying to be funny either. It just flashed text that said buy it. <laughs> get the game. Uh, But, yeah, Simply people were mad. They were, like, people. I'd be would, pissed. Peop- that's probably a reason we haven't heard of it is people stop buying it because they were trying <laughs> fuck to fuck husker so, do fuck literally tell you to buy the game husker do manipulated me husker do gaslit me and that's the name of this week episode <laughs> like <laughs> gaslit is, by husker do what is husker do <laughs> this isn't real another uh really popular one is the cigarette brand benson and hedges they Used hard to spot images in the one ad. They were advertising cigarettes used to come in like a, a soft package. It was like paper. Okay. Like a paper baggie almost. And they were one of the first to make the like hard cardstock boxes Carton. we think of now. Yeah. And so it was it was 
advertising these like the new packaging gotcha they were an established cigarette brand but they were like look if you buy ours they won't get crushed in your pockets gotcha kind of thing um except it's like super suggestive oh this ad because it's talking about something being hard Mm. so uh if it's so hard to see but it it, like once it's highlighted you don't unsee it it like straight up has dicks in the ad on like the poster and stuff what's this called what Uh, am i googling Benson and Hedges. Benson and Hedges. A subliminal message. Yeah, I'm not Googling dicks again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which so, one? Look at the first one. The first one. Yeah, and I'll point them out to you because once they're... Here, let me, let me make it bigger. What? I didn't want to download this dick picture. <laughs> it's not a dick picture. It's an advertisement. Also, this will be the Discord art. Google Drive, sorry. I can send it in the Discord if you want. Where are the dicks? So if you look at his hand right here, right. the way the shadow falls. That's a dick. And then the light right here. Those are dicks. Yeah, especially this first one with the two dots. Those are like dicks. Like light flares. Gotcha. Um, so uh, people caught on pretty good. Qu- and you also read the light lines. It's just soft pack, hard pack, and it's super <laughs> suggestive image anyway. You and- get crushed, crushed in the sin- clinch, dinch? What word is that? I think it's clinch. Clinch with your soft pack. Try our hard pack. What? For those of you who need a visual, it's like a guy hugging a hot girl. And there's some kind of sneaky, but not so sneaky. Like (laughs) That literally is just a dick and balls. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a super explicit episode. No, yeah. (laughs) The amount of time, I'm going to put a counter. (laughs) How many, at the end of the episode, how many times did we say dick and or dick and balls? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you just can't unsee it now, huh? Like, they're so clear once it's pointed out. Yeah, and like, it just, like, looking at the big picture, you wouldn't, like, necessarily notice that. But Mm -hmm. some people who, like, saw it a bunch or just caught eagle eyes, noticed it, and then pointed it out to everyone. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, they were just trying to be super suggestive. Yeah with it again to make you think of sex when you think of their product cool um that's so many of these were just like they were super suggestive there were so many i left out that were like super suggestive too and i was like this gets old (laughs) everyone's trying to make you think of sex and their burger like (laughs) calm down uh put my meat in your mouth that one i don't think ever got like pulled or anything because it wasn't like overt overt but it kind of is <laughs> like no, literally um in 2008 this one is one of the weird ones that Fun. some conspiracy comes into but kfc hid a dollar bill within the lettuce during pause have you seen that thing on twitter that kfc the have you seen that do you know what i'm talking about their follow yeah they follow they're only interested in 11 herbs and spices and it's just a bunch of guys named herb and all of the spice girls it's so funny Ah, that's the most creative thing ever whoever thought of whatever that. in pay your interns more because <laughs> i guarantee you an old white dude didn't think of that no but that like, was some tech savvy only under paid a bunch of guys named herb that's so funny 11 herbs and spices continues Sorry, i'm not they, smart enough to think of that like that's genius <laughs> they put a dollar bill in the lettuce yeah because it's green and dollar screen so it's hard to see mm-hmm. the image wasn't on the screen that long but people like kind of noticed it and at this point there's okay. dvrs where you can rewind yeah and so people were able to like rewind frame by frame and see the dollar um it's in one of their new sandwiches if you're interested 
oh shit it's just there it's just a dollar like it's not even that's like so obvious yeah it's not sneaky once you see it <laughs> it was a quick image it wasn't a still image like yeah, yeah, that yeah. but it's just a dollar and a lot of people caught on um now this is one of the ones mm-hmm. that it might have been an inside job or a hoax of something this did air on tv the dollar was on tv these images aren't faked or anything uh-huh. um but some people believe that there was some kind of conspiracy like someone might have been paid to do it it might have been done on purpose because people believe that the man who first reported this had like fabricated the whole thing or like paid someone to do it like i said to build credibility for his market research company that had just launched and this is like the first thing they catch okay no that carries though yeah and he was the first person to like point it out on a big scale okay um good for him I guess. Get Not back, proven sis. that that's what it was. He might have just been a really good market research company that no, yeah, was yeah, just yeah. up and coming. But there is a dollar in the lettuce. No, there like, is just a that dollar. That part isn't fake. No. That, those you images can are real. see it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> on TV, you can rewind your DVR. People could see it in... And it's just a square. Like, no, it's not even, like, cleverly placed. It's just a dollar slapped onto the image. No, literally. Poorly photoshopped. (laughs) If you have a chance, just Google KFC dollar and lettuce. I will say, this does make me hungry. Looking at these make you hungry. I want chicken. (laughs) So bad. No, I was starving during this research. Uh, Heineken and other beer companies will get in trouble because they will position the bottles, mm-hmm. like, when it's flipped upside down, it just looks like a butt and legs. Because <laughs> that's what just bottles look like, but it'll be positioned where they lean at the right angle yeah. as soon as you flip the image. So your brain sees the upside down image in your subconscious, but you don't necessarily wouldn't think that right away. Yeah. But for some reason, you're like, mm, bottle's kind of sexy. <laughs> bottle kind of sexy also there was a ton of ice cube ones i left them out because after the first two i was like okay we get it ice cubes yeah. say sex but there were a ton people hide faces yeah. in them they'll hide like silhouettes silhouettes women's body parts mm-hmm. uh boobs stuff like yeah just boobs boobs in the ice boobs in the ice boobs on ice boobs, boobs on, on ice boobs on the rocks say it <laughs> and that's the name of this week's episode i'm so proud of you thank you <laughs> this one is fun and there's, like, it might be a lot of reading. But this one, I don't know if it's subliminal, but it was kind of creepy. So oh. I had to had to share with the class. Uh-huh. It happens in 2013. Cool. Uh, a man is watching Comedy Central, and he notices that during a commercial break, there's a strange flash that happens. On Comedy Central? Yeah. What the fuck are they trying to continue? <laughs> he re- he has a DVR like some of these other instances and is able to rewind frame by frame and he winds up with a block of text on it. No. Uh some of the words were highlighted but it made no clear message like if you put the highlighted words together it wasn't making a secret sentence. Okay. Um so it's a, it's a little bit long and also my picture's not that great. Um it's pretty much like this thing written kind of in weird language, kind of an ode, a goodbye to this shop that was closing down. Uh, it, I'll try to read it. This image is more blurry than I wanted it to be. But it says, another vestige of our past has bitten the dust. His master's 
a name that I can't read, has fallen silent. The nation's most famous record store is going down. What? And it's, that I read the first two lines. Oh my God. That's and a, it's a block of text. It's a big block of text. And it's, and it's red? It's kind of nonsense. That Now that's like the Comedy Central's color scheme was like okay, red okay. and white and an orange color. So it like kind of fit in with some of the visuals on the screen. So the flash wasn't super it was so fast too like yeah. so i've watched videos of like how quick the flash was you had to be super aware of what you were watching to even yeah. maybe notice it um but yeah they go on and on and he went to reddit of course As with this should. information he just found and someone like suggested it might have been part of a numbers program and what a numbers what? program is is a string of like an audio string, a string of random numbers or seemingly random numbers or this where it's like kind of random thoughts and stuff kind of jumbled on the screen with random words highlighted is used to contact spies or undercover (gasps) agents. They know to look for these flashes on certain places and will use their DVRs to rewind and get the message. Whoa. (laughs) And then some people believed it was subliminal. Since some of the words were highlighted, your brain was more likely to highlight those words. And it was words that usually, like, evoked an emotion. Okay. So, like, death or, like what was the one it, it'll be named sometimes the highlighted ones are the ones hard to read on that one yeah. picture um army race a thousand sons protect it's it's like strong words but that feels like spy shit but that's like that's some spy stuff um army a thousand sons that sounds like an army um, of a thousand sons of the united states of america so people start like investigating they start reminding their dvrs they're like is this guy lying or is this real and they find it but they also find a bunch more on <gasps> comedy central no! like there was tens and like like within the teens of different screenshots i can find comedy central what i saved doing? a couple of them on here i'm gonna read not all of them because they're long they're paragraphs that would pop up on the because screen it's for the spies but some of them are creepy uh but like tons of pictures start rolling in of like wait i found this one from this date i found this one from this date like trying to piece together if it was telling a story it'd be random stuff Pe- like stuff you just don't understand right it's like so, like talking about a record shop that closed down like meaningless stuff I got a record but they've got these words yeah it's just creepy looking um this one said it had to happen eventually now it has he's dead dead highlighted time to breathe a collective sigh of relief any happier well no how could you be we're no safer they're still out there hiding in plain sight a seething angry army with prophet faces in I can't read that word. It's blurry. Wardrobe <laughs> bonded by race and a dogmatic belief that they are doing or what they are doing is right. Is that one? That feels like spy shit. That's so creepy sounding. Um, this one says, if you're reading this, then you have passed. You are now <laughs> part of a cultural. I remember this one. It, it the, But the, the highlighted words get messed up on my phone screen because uh, they're it was on my high. My HD computer screen. Um, You are now part of a cultural elite. You have transcended the shadowy world of the flesh. Rising from the ashes (laughs) of society like a shimmering phoenix. Beautiful, iridescent, and empowered. What? (laughs) This is not about creed, religion, nor cult. (laughs) Thanks for the clarification. Um, This is not about a, this isn't a cult. I'm just trying to manipulate you psychologically. This one's, like, uh, 
it calls the <laughs> the the reporters on the the on Fox News it calls them jocks. <laughs> I just think that one's fun. Uh, according to the internet, the first recorded use of mind control was in the 1950s during the Korean War. Since then, some people blame organized religion for brainwashing the vulnerable. Others claim governments are responsible for using subliminal language to influence your subconscious brain. And there it is. Well, we say cobblers ultimately if you want to go down the pub buy a few hat or eat it's like it was in the uk also so okay. pub and stuff makes sense fake words gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> yeah if you hear any weird words it's because they're british um yeah like making fun of the government mm-hmm. and stuff like that uh this one is 112 it's a lump a, a lovely number 112 was a leap year starting on a thursday it's the atomic number for the element cop Nickleum, whatever that is <laughs> that is in there oh. whatever that is is in parentheses oh. in the message um <laughs> thanks for the clarify i thought that was you <laughs> and an r&b group from atlanta 112 is also a phone number for the emergency services don't believe us go on try it actually don't unless you fall down the stairs or, <laughs> or your house is on fire but trust us it works we did it the other day but hung up quickly it's there if you forget 999 which is not very likely, but there you go. 112 will be also, most importantly, the sexy new home for Comedy Central on Sky. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's nonsense. It's all nonsense. Yeah. Well, that one, it eventually comes out. That Comedy Central was doing it to mock, like, subliminal theories. Oh, okay. And that's why it's saying Comedy Central has moved to Channel 112. Gotcha. But they're creepy. No, yeah. And a lot of people, a conspiracy theory is that people caught on. So Comedy Central then made it look like they were the ones doing it the whole time. But the first few ones were like the weird. creepiest ones. Yeah. And then people caught on and then they and got then they toned got into a joke. Yeah. yeah. So people are like, oh, that's obviously they're covering their tracks. But people really believe they were talking to spies with these. No, yeah. Or I subliminally messaging they were people. Talking to spies. So I included it with the subliminal messages. I believe it was spies. Um, but yeah, that one was the creepiest. No, yeah. It's so weird. The conspiracy theories that I was talking about, they just get into the brainwashed ones that mm-hmm. don't work. You know, it's not like MK Ultra. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where it was real brainwashing. They were just like, they would put these, they would be like, vote this in the ads. Uh, no. No, if that's you didn't not have a desire works. to vote that way, it might change what candidate you vote within your party, but yeah. it's not strong enough to like change, change your, your party. morals or yeah. your party. It, um, so they were all kind of like outlandish and boring. <laughs> Those were fun though. The Comedy no, yeah. Central's contacting spies is so cool. No, yeah, because they were. <laughs> um, I that's also, like if SNL started doing that shit right now. Yeah, I'm like, trying to remember. Let me, I'll pull up a few more. I wish I had the the less blurry pictures of those also. Put them in the Discord. I will. That'll be so fun. Yeah, but no, like, put it right before so they think I'm subliminally messaging them. Yeah. So they don't realize it's the episode yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Baskin-Robbins, the 31 is in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the logo. There were some other really good ones. Oh, this one, I remember this one, <laughs> but uh, the Facebook, the map, when you connected the people, it said sex. I hate that. Um, Fuck Facebook. Fuck Meta. Y'all aren't real. Uh, the they, the <laughs> Lion you... King looking like someone in a bikini more yeah. than a lion at first glance. Have you, um, it has nothing related. I've, I don't know what's my, my for you page is telling me to get rid of my Google Home, um, because it's like, 
you know, everything's listening to you or whatever. Yeah. And it was, like, tech enthusiasts. Yeah, my home is so smart, blah, blah, blah. People who work in tech. The only piece of technology in my house I have is a printer, and I keep a gun next to yeah, it no, in I case love it makes sense. Like, here's oh one God. of the more suggestive ones. Yep. It'll blow your <laughs> mind away. And it, it, it looks is like just a, yeah. a phallic image. Some of the, like, innuendos in the slogan, so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This one was a popular one that the Pirates of Cari- Caribbean, the logo looks like Disney. Like, it looks like a Mickey Mouse. Oh, I thought that one was on purpose. Yeah, I did too. But apparently it might be subliminal. But it's like they uh, Disney made it. Yeah. Is it subliminal if it's just a logo of the company that made it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This, this one popped up a lot. It was always pretty women holding the Coke bottles. Yeah. So you think of pretty women when you think Does of Does hidden Coke? Mickeys count as subliminal messaging? I don't know, because it's in Disney World. Right. But I guess it adds to the vibe and makes you feel like you've found something. Like it's hidden. Yeah. You've solved a mystery. I don't know. Maybe it makes you prideful so you're enjoying your time there more. Mm. Pride is a strong emotion. Powerful. If yeah. you know where all the Mickeys are. Yeah. No, but it's a lot of like logos and stuff have the, the easier ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the rats. That flashed on screen. That was just it. Yeah, just rats. <laughs> it's like not even a little bit could be, you could try to convince someone the other way. It just says rats. There was the um, the rescuers, the topless woman in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that one. Um, this one popped up a lot. Uh, don't look at the bottom yet. But okay. It's a camel. camel yeah. For the cigarettes, whatever ones it is camels yeah it is camel. i'm so dumb uh <laughs> but when you when they highlighted it you can't why didn't it do that to the picture do you see the guy in the top one now a little i think that one's kind of maybe my phone screen's also super no dim. like i see it when they're highlighting it but it's difficult to see it when it's not highlighted yeah yeah i see it yeah when the the yellow like pops in that area specifically and he's also like standing with his man parts out (laughs) so people are like oh it's trying to make that a strong manly man but also the like arousal part of it phallic they were all that i I got bored of it so fast it was like stop putting dicks in everything (laughs) um that's a tiktok stop (laughs) putting dicks in everything 2k 2022 a lot of shows the simpsons namely but other shows especially on especially in adult swim they were trying to oh, yeah they were trying to bring us everyone on adult swim but uh a lot of shows like have stuff in the background that you watch it 50 times and you won't realize mm-hmm. but then you watch it with it pointed out and it's clear as day which those are always fun the mom in the wendy's logo where her collar says mom oh i didn't notice that one before to make you think of home mom's cooking but yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> we're, this is long as fuck. I know. <laughs> we're at over th- almost th- over three hours. Um, so we might have to do a very quick wrap up. <laughs> because Follow us on hours But that was a good ass topic, dude. You're gonna have to post all those in the Discord, though. I know it was so asking. visual. I was worried about that, but I was like, I'm this far in. No, I'll but you just described it well. Pictures. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so, picture an ice cube. No, yeah, it makes sense. And you explained all the history and, like, what it was trying to do and stuff. So They're it made super sense. easy to Google. Um, yeah. If you d- don't do what Mac did and put, like, dicks in the title because dicks will pop up. But Please don't. I made a mistake. If you put a, uh, a company name in subliminal. subliminal messages that these will pop up, I will also have them in the google drive yeah and if they're not by the time you go look but you want to see a specific one mess hop on discord yeah i mean you could send us a dm on instagram we don't check that as often i do get the notifications though okay yeah we just don't get them yeah dm us on instagram (laughs) you can we have yeah i'm not gonna say email us because it's our like business email but well we have we do have a business email address but it's like it's not advertised anywhere yeah okay we might advertise it but probably won't you'll reach us so much faster on discord and instagram so if you want to see any of the ones i talked about and it's not there just send a message and i will gladly find them again um yeah we talked about some of the parts of this episode that will be made into TikToks. So many. So go follow us on TikTok and you'll see them. And you'll get subliminally brainwashed in one of them. Oh, yeah. You won't or know was one. it? Wink. <laughs> Have a lovely day. Enjoy. I hope you're hungry after this episode. I'm starving. I know. It and I was so not well. hungry before that. It makes you realize you're hungry. Fuck this. Fuck that. Fuck McDonald's. Fuck coca-cola i have a coke in my purse and i'm gonna drink it on the way to work um bye guys goodbye love you